Welcome to D-Comedy, our rewatch, review, whatever you want to call it, podcast. This month, your D-Commentators are me, Lucas. And me, Emma. And we are here today. Wait, I forgot. I'm we have a guest, wait. dummy. I know. I went into it too quickly. I was thinking I got. I was thinking we got to make sure to say we have a very special brand new guest D-Commentator. Hey, guys. It's me, Austin. I'm here to replace Dylan permanently. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, don't, I do want to. Dylan. I want to achieve Dylan's status at least a couple RIP of to Dylan, but I'm just different. Um, which <laughs> is funny. Great. It's funny that you're replacing him permanently because he's not a permanent fixture on the podcast. No, he's not. No. He's done a lot of good work. He's got a great body of work. He's done a lot of good work. He's been a pillar of the community for so long. Um, but yes, Austin, we're so excited to have you today. For those at home, this is a different Austin than what we've had on before. This is Austin 2, the sequel. Back on board. Back on board. <laughs> but Austin, as I'd like to ask all of our guests, what's your favorite Disney Channel original movie? Okay, yeah, good question, right? Probably should have known that you were going to ask me that. Um, <laughs> I mean, we do ask every single guest, so that's just on right. your research. Right, 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 right. I came underprepared. Um, I gotta say, I do think Double Team might be my favorite Disney Channel oh. original movie. Okay. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. Right. But I love that movie for many reasons, but... You kind of look like the twins from Double Teamed Austin. And right? I mean when that I as a compliment. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, you haven't seen... Yeah, he's got his hair dyed now. You, I, don't, uh. I haven't seen it in person. I was like, oh, his hair's dyed. But yeah, as Austin mentioned, uh, surprise everybody if you were expecting the Double Teamed episode. Go fuck yourself. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> I goofed up real bad and forgot we already had a guest planned for June and he wanted to do Quince. <laughs> Right. Um, Austin, why did you want to do Quince? Okay, so I wanted, right? Good question again. I wanted to do Quince because I remember specifically this movie came out on my birthday. And I remember Ooh. DCOMs were coming out like every month back in like 1998, 1999, 2000, 2001. Yes. And I remember patiently waiting for a movie to drop on my birthday. And Quince is what I got. <laughs> and so that is how I decided to stumble on this. And I don't think I appreciated it at the time, but we'll talk about it now. I do think it was, a, you know, a pretty solid movie. Yeah, I enjoyed Oh, also, wait, I because I goofed the intro up so bad. We're here today to talk to you about the Disney Channel classic, Quince. Not double teamed. Sorry, we'll do that one in July when it's my next pick. No drama. Anyway, um, yeah, I actually, I knew nothing about this movie. I think I referenced on our Poof Coin episode. Luke, I'm going to let you know the point of entry is super low. It's Quince. It's Quintuplets. You're <laughs> it's caught quince. up to speed. But I knew nothing about it other than it's Quince. And you certainly can't take that away from this movie. It you is can't. indeed Quince. It's Quince. But I'm, at the same time, I, it was kind of fun. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't hate it. I mean, she's really it's, good, you guys. She's legit. She carries this thing on her goddamn back. Kimberly J. Brown and continues to be an icon, an all-star. I may dare to say this is her best work oh. on the Disney Channel Network. Ooh. Because she's, Spicy take, she's way less hateable than Marnie, who makes terrible fucking decisions. This character isn't right. this much of an asshole. Well, also, I, I don't know if either of you got this vibe. Is that, well, you're all saying, compared to Halloween Town, Halloween Town has so many characters that she's staring, sharing the spotlight with Debbie Reynolds, Dylan, and the rest of them, all that stuff. This is just Kimberly J. Brown for an hour and 20 minutes, to the point where 
I'm gonna. This is That's, my overall. I, Lucas, I'm gonna it's a, disagree it's a, with you completely, but continue. It's a it's a one woman show, literally. Mm. Except like, for the I man in the front that. row okay. that keeps shouting into the show, which is the fucking art teacher who gets more <laughs> lines in this guy goddamn too. thing. What is going on? Is he second build in this movie? He gets five <laughs> separate monologues. He has more lines than the mom. Bar none. He has more lines than the mom. I swear to God. I also hated that. I also hated that man. Number one. Number two. I, I understand what you're saying. Obviously, there are other characters they introduce themselves. But like we've talked about this before. This is a movie that uses direct to camera narration, which we generally don't like very much. But it's fine when they commit to it. This movie overcommits to it to the point where it's literally one step up from her being like, "There are always a bunch of crazy characters in my neighborhood," and then doing all the voices herself. She talks to the camera so much that we become a character. The audience. Yes, ourselves. and she does. And bits and, and, with the fact yes, she's talking to us. Yes. Right. She puts things on me that I do not want put on me. No. <laughs> she also, like, I will say, though, when they opened with it, I said, I can't wait for them to abandon this in five minutes. Guess what? They don't abandon no. it. They double down double on down. it. They double. They quintuple Ooh. down. But let, we're already here. Let's just start talking about it. I forgot to look up news. My bad. I'll do it next month. We open up and immediately Kimber J. Brown's just talking to us. I, I also, in my notes, exclusively referred to her as KGB. KJB? K- KJB. I K- KJB. Isn't that like the Russian spy organization which you just that, That's KGB. I said it wrong. It's KJB as, as Kimber J. Brown. But she's talking right to us and I'm just like, okay, it's one of these movies. Let's see how this goes. Buckle your freaking seatbelts, everybody, because it goes places. <laughs> Does it really go places? Because the only place it seems to take me is back to art class and that teacher. <laughs> I meant metaphorical places that you don't expect. That is true. I don't know how many places it took me. I felt like I was trapped in two rooms, one being the art room and that other one being the Quince nursery. But also she pulls out an article of the Quince, of like the Grover family Quince. She does a yeah. weird bit where she pretends that <laughs> she's not part of the family when Kimberly, we know you are. Weird bit, first <laughs> of many. Yeah, first of say. many. She's like messing with us. And like, I don't really love that, like that Neither format of storytelling where it's like an unreliable narrator. Like this isn't Breaking Bad. Like I'm taking everything you're saying, Kimmy, at face value. And when you start playing games with me, I don't like it. First note I had was like, oh my God, this is so weird. It got picked up by the news. And then I had to remember that like there was a time before John and Kate plus eight where this would be like a big deal to have five babies. Now that means point. nothing. That means nothing to me for you to have five babies. <laughs> I, I, I have it written a bit later once we get to that where I'm just like this. Well, I think it would be like a fluff piece in the local paper for like a day. Right, not a year long marketing scheme. No, they no. wouldn't have a manager that we live no, in the time of no. Octomom. These babies would be, get dust on zero. <laughs> okay, pages. Wait, do we still live in the time of Octomom? We've graduated on. I don't know if Octomom's even still alive herself. I actually <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if all those kids made it. But I do appreciate her telling us specifically through the narrative device that what the story is exactly, which is the story of a girl who was lost but didn't really know right one of those old stories and i'm like is that a super common story especially for disney channel i yeah, don't feel like i don't feel like we've watched too many of those no. <laughs> here's the thing guys i have a problem with the b plot of this movie i wish we would have focused a little bit more on the the novelty of having five babies than her finding herself through art like i could go to any musical theater classroom in the great mid 
Midwest and literally open a door and find a kid in a weird hat and he could say the same thing. Like, I don't need to listen to KGB find herself through art. But that is what 95% of this movie is. Well, yes, but I'm, I'm also going to disagree with you on that a bit, which is just that what would the rest of that movie be? Just a bunch of babies crying in a room? Because that's what the rest of it is. That's true. I enjoyed the, like, the the, the family drama. I, I like watching people break down. Like, that that's the novelty behind John and Kate plus eight. Like, I want to watch a family on the edge. Like, I want to see the parents fighting, screaming. Are they going to get divorced? Kimberly starts smoking cigs under the bleachers. Like, let's get into the real uh, real underbelly of what happens when you have quince. So you wanted a real true-to-life, no-easy-answers type of movie, and you were disappointed. Yeah, of course. Well, because I think, I think that that's true to an extent, but I also think that it is... Me and Austin were talking about this a little bit before we started, is there's a lot going on here that is not in your typical kids, but like parental responsibility, family responsibilities, money issues. I mean, which obviously there's that does happen. Where two penis jokes. There's, money issues, Count a lot of there's like two penis jokes that they fully there's two, make. Well, there's yes. two peeing jokes. Yeah. There's two babies pee on things. No, penis. 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 Yes. They, they reference no, someone having a penis. We, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do remember the one. I don't know if I remember what the second one is. So, yeah, she's just giving us this like preamble of what this movie's gonna be. And my eyes bug out of my head as the credits are rolling because it says a special appearance by, by Don, Don Knotts. Knotts. Lucas, I dropped <laughs> I like, my computer. Don Knotts is in this movie? Oh, I don't know who that is. He's like a really old school comedian. He's Barney Fife from the Andy Griffith show for everybody that is He plays the governor. Young. The governor? Oh, okay, okay, okay. You, you know, Austin, the that. man that looked half dead, that would be Don <laughs> Knotts. Um, well, I'm also saying to Austin, I don't know who that is. Austin, you did a perfect role play of every child watching this movie. 100%. <laughs> Whose idea was it? You know what we really got to get for star power <laughs> is that Don Knotts. For the last 13 minutes. What is their obsession in this era? First Mickey Rooney and now Don Knotts? I was just going to say, I, there's definitely a shelved decom somewhere with the two of them doing <laughs> a buddy cop comedy. I would watch that. I would watch the hell out but of that. But they actually, man. Austin, both died during production, so it's never been released. <laughs> <laughs> did they, did, was, it, was it a murder-suicide? <laughs> the way you made that sound. <laughs> they died at the same time. Yeah, I think they both, their bodies just gave out. That was a crazy poll. I saw that, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I think I think it has to be that there's like one Disney executive who really like, who just wanted to like meet these people or something. And yeah. Oh just yeah. Like, just pull them for any some cost. movie, any cost, whatever. For sure, for sure. Also love Kimberly will say, like she has that classic problem here where like she's a child actor, so she couldn't get braces. Her teeth are doing some wild shit. I didn't want to bring it up. Yeah, bring it up. They're... <laughs> Left, right, <laughs> yeah. and center. I was a little concerned about her iron level. Mm-hmm. They were a little mm-hmm. stained, mm-hmm. just to be honest. Love you, KJB. But it was freaking me out a little bit because I had never noticed it in prior movies. With I her. don't know if they made a them fixed for Halloween Town or they just put a slapped a crest white strip on her. But like, <laughs> some, it was really, really, really jarring. Was this post Halloween Town? It was between the first and second. But yeah. It was, it was post, between it was the first and second? She looks so much younger here. I guess it's probably the pigtails. She does look a little younger. You are right. But I also think it's just that, like, in Halloween Town, they try to sell her a bit more as, mm-hmm. like, the hero where it's here she's just like I'm just your everyday kid yeah because in Halloween town time works differently so we gotta remember that (laughs) very true Uh, but so then we meet her family and we already talked about it a little bit um, I like this family. I, I I wish we got a little bit more of them. I like this part where she just calls her dad a dumbass in the in <laughs> yeah, the video where she's just like, "Here's my dad. He's always got a plan and he's got a job. He's trying to go back to school, but he's fucking bad at school. What a dumbass!" This and was I'm the like, weirdest thing to me. 
What? In terms of B plots was number one, that the dad is like, you always got to follow the plan. You got to follow the plan. And then also that like, oh, he's working really hard to get his degree. And I was like, good for you. We're, and then she hard. goes, but he, he sucks at it. And he's dumb. And I was like, sucks so. I was like, wow, a man working overtime to provide for his family. And you're going to like shit on him for trying to go to University of Phoenix I- online? I think if I think if he was the main character of this film, these would be the worst like six months or however long of his, his life. life. Oh, because oh, he, he apparently works like twelve-hour shifts, goes home, sleeps like four hours, and then like works the rest of the night. Through. There's I a don't version know. of this it's movie wild. where this is like a Breaking Bad, and he is under a bleacher somewhere, just doing death <laughs> to feel something because he is so dead inside in his life. These parents, <laughs> like I said this elsewhere, like if this movie is shot from this mom's perspective, it's a horror film. Like I would rather die than live these people's lives <laughs> but yeah he works at like a walmart home depot kind you know of what thing. it looks like an ace hardware and i felt very at home in that ace hardware 100 percent. I, I was gonna say a menards but i thought that was too local a reference to suburban illinois and then the mom is in charge of the town paper which then did you not realize the inside baseball the quince got I mean, that, that, that's the why paper? there's so many articles about yes. the babe the paper in the face. Oh, There's boy. so many articles because she runs the... Oh, yeah. I, I have it a little bit later, too. She is breaking so many journalistic ethic rules or She's whatever. getting her kid an internship for giving someone the cover. Yeah, she's doing a quid pro quo. <laughs> the mom is yeah, really and, dirty. Yeah, and Jamie literally says, like, my mom is a scatterbrained idiot. Um, <laughs> yes. She can't keep anything together. And that's my great family. She really does shit on both of them back to back. Like, and also, yeah. true, the true. mom's whole, like, scatterbrained, the way we see that is that she just, like, can't put juice in the right cups. Dummy. Right. Yeah. When she continues to make a scatterbrained comment after the quints are born, I'm like, that woman has five babies. If I had five babies, I'd be more than scatterbrained. My brains would be scattered on the front lawn because I would have shot myself. Like, I'd like, give her a break. <laughs> well, her her brains will not be scattering anywhere because her, her hair is 100% a helmet. Oh, it is a full <laughs> hair helmet. It honestly really Austin. It reminded me of John and Kate plus eight. That like mullet oh. she was working. A hundred percent. Some sometimes decoms foretell the future. Yeah, maybe they maybe John and Kate watched this and were like, "This is <laughs> this, this will be our life. This is what we need." This is what we or are. my theory was that once you have over four kids, the government comes to your house and just gives you. <laughs> we also see their fridge, which is just plastered with memorabilia of Jamie, like all of her grades and photos and all the stuff. And she's just like, "My parents pay too much attention to me. I'm the center of their whole universe. Like that's how things are now." And then they do. Okay, this is the really for weird first gag for me is she goes to get some juice out of the refrigerator. <laughs> dumps it on her own face. <laughs> and then dumps it. it on her face. She's like, well, she's like, move on, move on. And then we see her dump it on her face. And she's like, oh, I didn't want you to see that. And I couldn't really get comprehend. Cup, sweetheart. Maybe put it a little closer <laughs> to your mouth. There's so many ways this could have been avoided. I have to admit, I really did like, I, this was the first laugh I audibly laughed at. Really? Be, yeah, because I was like, they know full well that she could have put that up to her lips oh, and yes. taken a sip. She had it three feet above her face and straight up she was trying to waterfall it didn't go well no she dumped it on her face like that was like they should have tried to make (laughs) it look like she was trying to waterfall let her get it yeah it just looks so fake and it looks so fake that's why i laughed too austin because it looks so fucking fake but the next character we meet is the town itself it is i would say it's a character in this film uh which is milford uh milford where who knows it had big truman show energy like a town where no one comes in and no one comes out like i felt like it was fake it did well yeah it did really feel kind of fake mostly just because 
because as in so many decoms, it's just like a couple streets and some stores, and that's the that's the town and a school. And she's like walking through the street, like it, it and talking to us again, like it's goddamn Sesame Street, and being like, "This is my town. As everybody loves being here." Um, and here's the thing we're famous for, and then they, we see a different shot, and there's a Statue of Liberty in the sky. She's like, "Oh come on, just wanted to make sure you were paying attention," and then it disappears. Stop fucking and, with me, Jamie. I was like, "Are they trying to pretend yeah, she's on <laughs> Ellis Island?" I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> the problem is that these movies are so ridiculous usually that like I'll believe literally anything these people say as like a, a truth of their reality so when she's like oh we live under the Statue of Liberty I'm like fucking sure like I just accept that stuff without any questions so I don't need to be played with like this right and she is putting it on us that we are stupid she even says and for those of you who aren't so quick Milford is my hometown she calls us stupid the whole movie Austin yes oh no oh, she puts a lot on us <laughs> I feel and like I, and I'm not having it I feel like, and I, I know we're, it's very early to be journeying into theory corner already. I kind of feel like, have you guys ever seen the Twilight Zone thing where it's like the kid who is like, I thought you were going to say and Twilight, and I was like, yes, I have seen Twilight. Um, no, no, no. The Twilight, <laughs> there's a Twilight Zone episode, and they made it into part of the movie where there's like this eight year old kid who has like superpowers, and he can like make anything real, do whatever, and his whole family is just terrified of him because if he if they upset him, they'll, they'll destroy them or whatever because he's just a kid, he doesn't get like morals. And I feel like Jamie is in a serious, similar position where she knows all she knows she's watching the movie and reality can be whatever she wants it to be and she is like the apex being in this world so she just looks down on all of us and then everyone else so she's wandavision yeah she is a little wandavision this is wandavision it's a little wandavision and the grief is that nobody she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life she's lost yeah it's way more subconscious than right WandaVision. yes also she's 14 who the fuck has this much direction at 14? She really she's, needs to she's, relax. She's not 14. Honestly, when she I is. watched this, I was like, why do I relate so hard to this now in she's my a, mid-20s? She's, she's, st- she's not sure which high school she's going to go to. I thought she was, she's in a middle school. Yeah, she's 13. Or 13. At the very end, she says 14. Sorry, Luke. Well, yeah, because the year, because time has passed. <laughs> Get your facts right, Emma. <laughs> So yeah, she's giving us all this narration and then she's like, okay, time to go to my school. And I, I also said here, so the thing I said about the bits, like the Statue of Liberty, at this point, I was like, it was like when Willy Wonka shows up, I was like, at this point, you never know whether this person is lying or telling the truth. But also it, it feels like this is before I, I had the one woman show thought, but it feels like someone has made a TikTok about oh, how right. people talk in Disney Channel original movies and like their opening. And this is what she's like, it just feels so generic where she's like, this is my school. It's, it's great. I love it. You know, it whatever. has that big and, Meme energy of, and bet you wonder how I ended up here. Big meme energy. Record scratch. Bet you wonder how this happened. Let me go back and show you. Like it's like Jesus Christ. And then we get another another unreliable narrator gag where she goes to school and there's like a circus going on with jugglers and part. I didn't fall for this one, bitch. I didn't fall for this for no. Of course, at this point, I didn't fall for any of them. I fell for many other. I fell for many other ones throughout the course of this movie. I'm gonna be honest. I fell for basically every other one. Emma, Emma. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I was shame fooled on about me. seven times. <laughs> I, will, I will reveal at the moment when it comes the biggest fake out for me, and it's very surprising that I did not catch that. It was a fake out. <laughs> Interesting. I'm excited to hear that. It's sad. She goes to school and is like, it's not a circus high school. Thanks, Kim. Um, It's a normal <laughs> high school. You know, the, the circus high school, as we all know. And I got to show you what my life was like before. Here are my best friends, Zoe and Brad. And it's a classic Lizzie McGuire formation of two girls and one boy. And but is also clearly in love with her, right? I don't know. They don't they never touch on it, but he I feel like he is trying to impress
impress her always. I, I would, and not with like how smart he is, but he's like, oh, or not even just impress her, like make her feel better. Where he's like, oh, don't feel bad, and it's like I would, I like you have a great life, like I'm proud of you and all that stuff. Like it feels like he's trying to score points with her. Gosh, I hate to say it, but I think Brad is just really lonely and unloved as we what's later find out. Don't search and get me started, guys. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? That's Social. the movie I want to see. Social services needs to be contacted about Brad. <laughs> wait, wait, Let's be real. Luke, did I miss Luke Austin? Listen to me. Did I miss something early on that laid the seed for that? Because that felt like to me it came right the hell out of nowhere. The and it sure did. Okay, great. The, I mean, to, I think I think at any point it would have come out of nowhere. Yeah. But literally but at, at one point they're, they're just like, oh, we know your parents won't show up. Every your parents hate you. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But the, the small seed that implies is when we get this scene where they're looking at their report cards. Uh, he gets straight A's, and then I think later when they're talking, when he's talking to their parents at like the science fair or whatever, or maybe it is about the science fair, not the report cards. He, he's like, I'm sure your parents will be proud. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I guess. Like, I didn't clearly even being like, they don't that. care. I didn't even catch that. For it's, very so- it's, yeah, very right. it's very subtle. It's very subtle. But then, but the same thing, I, did, that didn't, I didn't process that. I was just like, Maybe he means because he wins so much because he's a freaking genius. Apparently, oh, um, good... they were that they wouldn't be surprised. But no, his parents or don't give a shit about him. <laughs> I just imagine he just goes home to like an empty house. Oh my gosh, night. and like a bowl of dog food. Oh, <laughs> they... oh wait, I'm sorry. Can we just circle back? Sorry for sure, screaming. sure. Just at the beginning, Jamie goes. Oh, never mind. Actually, that's in a little bit. But she she fakes this out that they have a dog. And I was like, really? Was that very necessary? Oh, my she was God. Like, You're right. She does do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And for what? She was like, even the dog puts pressure on me. Yeah. Or whatever. And then she was like, just kidding. We don't have a dog. She, guys, I'm actually understand turning her on compu- her. She's a compulsive liar. That's what I'm saying. I'm turning on her. I actually think, you know those girls in your high school or like grade school, more likely grade school, that would just like lie for crazy attention? <laughs> like they would just show up to school and be like, I have cancer. And everyone would be like, oh, my God. Like, what? And then be in a cast Emma. the next week like they would just like say crazy lies and that was like something that one crazy girl in everyone's sixth grade class did that's what <laughs> this girl is she's that girl I mean we saw it last month in Stepsister from Planet Weird where she's like I know oh. Jewel yeah like that that person like that's what this girl is doing to us but we're the I classmates was, I was one of those girls <laughs> I, I fully was like yeah aliens abducted me last week <laughs> I was one of those girls, but, like, the slightly different version where, like, if I was mildly injured, I would, like, wear the brace for, like, four weeks. <laughs> the boots. I, would, yes. I wore a boot for, like, three months in seventh grade just hoping someone would ask me about it. And you know what? No one ever did. But let's move on. They Yeah, they're doing this thing in the hall where they're checking their report cards, which I, okay. How frequently does this fucking school give out report cards? It seems to happen every goddamn week. I know. That's week. what I was going to say. It's like, we're going to talk about it here. This movie uh, seems to cover, like, at the time, they skip ahead at the very, very end. It seems to cover, like, six months. They get, like, four report cards in that time. How often are they giving out these report cards? It's so weird. Giving them the benefit of the doubt of progress reports, Progress reports, maybe they're on, like, a a quarter, but, like, a... Bi-quarter schedule. Guys, 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 what is is a a, a quint quarter? Like, like a five? Maybe they're on a five. (laughs) Everything is five. five. But they're doing this little thing where they're looking at their cards, like, we want A's, which is cute. I like that. It's the one thing I vividly remember from the movie when I saw it. I was like, Oh, oh, I remember this. I, I think I like that cute friend dynamic. Yeah. Like stuff that real people definitely don't do, but stuff that Disney Channel mm-hmm. kids do. I liked it. Zoe's did fine. She's good. Uh, Brad got all A's because he's a ge- super genius. And KJB, uh, she is apparently like Ron Weasley. A dummy. Yeah, she's the dummy of this friend group. Like, Well, yeah, but she's like getting bad grades, but like not so bad. That yeah, she's, she's getting C's. Yeah, yeah, well, no, they don't ever give us an exact number, but the way they make it sound is it's like C, C, D. And also this bitch thinks she's getting into a magnet school. Like, when are the parents going to level set expectations? Like, she's like, if <laughs> yeah. she's bringing home straight C's, I mean, then maybe let's tell her to maybe focus on art club. Things aren't going 
throwing her way at JW. I don't want to criticize the parents too much because, like, I talk about this. All I will be weird, doing but... is criticizing these parents. All I will no, no, be no. doing. There are things. There are things you absolutely need to criticize the people for. But on a certain level, you have to accept the logic this movie operates on. Because obviously, if the parents were like, "You're getting straight C's," well, you're not going to a magnet school. No story. No, well, no story. But also, like in like in a kids movie, it's fine that they're so optimistic that they know she'll pull through no matter what. But any real person would be like, "Oh, yikes." Uh, well, we, that didn't pan out. Let's move forward, you know? It's not that bad. There are absolutely things I will criticize both these people for. Do not worry. And then we meet my least favorite character in a long time, who is The Mr. art B. teacher? What, what is his actual name? It's like Blackmere? Blackmere. 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 Uh, Blackmere. Was he a pirate? What the fuck? I don't know, but I'm actually a little shocked you both hated him so much. I didn't I, like him. Guys. I, I had conflicting opinions. He gave me uncomfortable feeling around young women and children. Like, I didn't like the you, thing. You better bet that it's all over my notes. That's um, all, I, <laughs> all I could feel was like, he should not be looking at students this way. He should not be speaking to students this he way. He should not be as, this so friendly with these kids. He no, should 100%. not be hanging out he, with these kids well, outside of school. He should not be driving them anywhere. Yeah, that happens They later. should never be getting in a van with him. They're, they should not have his phone number. I, the most dangerous part of this is I truly was attracted to this man <laughs> at first. Austin. <laughs> and that's why you're the big. You would have fallen into the trap of a teacher like this. You're too uh, Hundred percent, and like validating you, helping you on your journey to life. I would have one hundred percent been prey to Mister B. You're so right. He would have told you that like your art matters, and you would have just gotten right in that van. You would have said, "Let's go to 100%. the art show." You're so right. Into his burnt orange VW bus. But that being said, it was revealed that yes, the grooming was taking place for. That's grooming. He's grooming them. Also, like, it didn't feel great. Also, it didn't feel like great. you know what? We're not going to shit talk these parents. You know what? I will shit talk these parents on letting their kid get in a van with their art teacher. Like, that's the most neglectful thing they do all movie. That's the craziest bad thing they do all movie. And also, like, I know we can't do some things because it's a kid's movie. We have to teach the right lessons. You know what we can do in a kid's movie? Teach young female women to never get in their male art teacher's van. That's what we could teach them in this movie. And we missed that opportunity here. You know, you're making, you, you made me realize something. Not only is he teaching her, and I do feel bad because he is supposed to be a very inspirational character right. about like how art, how, how to follow your true passions or whatever. But he is also teaching her to undercut her parents' authority yes. and not yes. listen to them. He's trying to could, sever does, the ties between her and her family. It feels predatory. But <laughs> he, he comes forward. He's their art teacher. And and he's so like, like making, us to believe. making all this Italian food for this big Italian oh, master's Italian meal for this Italian master's lesson we have. Uh, you guys should come by. He's inviting them to their class. Like, what? They're gonna also be in class, Mister B. Oh yeah, he's cooking a romantic four-course Italian meal and is inviting <laughs> these two young students to enjoy pasta with him. Let's just unpack that for a moment. He also has a deep and palpable loneliness to him, like any adult man teacher that's like, I made you as Italian food. It's like, oh, he's got nothing going on on the weekends. Like that was a right? cry for help as well. No, Emma, he has he has people to put into his bus on the weekends. Yikes. Clearly, I feel like this man has a dark secret life. He is he lost out the role of uh, the lovely bones and instead came to this decom audition <laughs> and really gave the same energy. <laughs> no, he thought it was that audition, <laughs> and they were like, great. He's, that's I'm saying he's supposed to be inspirational. He just seems creepy the whole time. He seems really creepy. But Jamie, I. Th- I We've said her name is Jamie. He says, nope, I got to work on my science fair project. And he goes, well, you know, we all have our things. Science is just your thing. And I immediately got confused. And it becomes clearer later. Why does just being in the science fair mean science is her thing? Because, like, 
like it feels like at least in my school being in the science fair is kind of compulsory like no one just volunteered to be in the science fair but I guess everyone kind of knows that she's uh, trying to do the magnet science stuff or whatever but the thing is is she's clearly bad at it Brad is the science boy right well he he's had his eye on her for years I'm sure so he's he's very <laughs> aware that she is she has been pressured to be following true. science she's, he's, he's like yeah I've read you know I know you I know science is your thing I only wrote that in my journal how did you get that <laughs> I only oh, know um, that your parents are putting too much pressure on you from years of listening to you talk to your friends also like wait guys why does everybody have to have a thing also let's unpack that for a moment like why are we back operating on high school musical logic where everyone can only do one fucking thing I mean to me that just read as like you know boiled down reality for a mo- for a kids movie or whatever and like I didn't read that much into it but obviously yes you can do many things Emma. but the way he said it was weird I do agree with you but yeah she's gonna do this science fair oh wait sorry just some really good 2000s lingo in here <laughs> oh please when they talk about art club oh yeah he wants to join art club that's why I don't know Z- Zoe says to Jamie don't be a dragola Jamie which <laughs> I like I think got a giggle out of me yeah yeah I like that I, I would say that today I'm don't be a lie. dragola I don't hate that but yeah but the other thing she says is my parents have decided to make this contest month and I was like what does that mean how many contests are they throwing you in and we find out later there's like a writing contest they want her to sign up for and I get what they're doing they're trying to like you know build her common app to get into this magnet school or whatever but can you imagine looking at a 13 year old and being like you are gonna be in every single contest we can get our hands on I wish my parents put that kind of pressure on me maybe honestly yeah you know what she needs to fucking toughen up because it's a hard (laughs) for a bitch Um, you know what it's hard to get into college and these parents are just want a better life for you. I'm sick of the complaining. Okay, but also they're talking about college when she isn't even at the high school. That's level when you need to start thinking about fresh. it. That's when you just start thinking about it. There's kids that are out there prepping for Harvard at three. Like we, it's a tough world out there. And you know what? Even if you do work that hard, Lori Laughlin will still pay for Olivia Jade to get into USC before you. So <laughs> we don't have time to sleep. We don't have time to sleep. That's true. Her dad can't doesn't have Lori Laughlin money. But speaking of her dad, uh, she leaves school and goes to his office to show him a report card. And this was like the one, I think I laughed maybe two times. This was my one laugh. He, she goes up to him and says, I got my report card. And he, uh, I know you want to look at it. And he's like, oh, please step into my office. And he just walks over to the toilets that are on display and they just sit down. And she's like, Rumi, I kind of laughed at that. I was like, that, that was, was your laugh. That was, that, was, that was a little laugh. Just a little like, <laughs> that was kind of good. Okay, I like that. Okay. But no, once they took it to, they took the sink part, took it too far. Mm. And that that's, that's the other thing. I don't think this movie knows how to end its bits. Like these bits that she's doing in the narration, like to try and trick us, they just feel like it just, they just drag on, and then she's finally like, "Oh, I was just kidding." Like, no, she ends them by calling that, us dumb. She's usually like, "Oh, yeah. like, I, I, well, you guys fell for that, fucking idiots." All right, next thing. I'm like, "Whoa, okay, thanks a lot." <laughs> it really is like that. It's like next thing and yeah. next thing. I'm like, there, there was no joke there. You just called us stupid. Like, still with me over there? Thunk, thunk. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess I have to be. Also, who, who is she to have the right to call us dumb when she's the one over here. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Not even getting into magnet school. Pulling She's apparently failing scenes. art. Pulling like, straight like, Yeah, you're right. She wasn't even doing well in art. How the fuck are you failing art with that teacher that's in love with you? Clearly, exactly. you Well, that's how he lures her in, you know. That's the guy. That's the thing. He wants her to go to art club. That's another classic behavior. He can't just teach her in class. He needs after school hours. <laughs> but so, so speak, this is where we get dropped the college thing where the dad is saying like, you're going to get him to that magnet school you're gonna be the first grover 
to go to college and I was confused because he's in college right now. I thought maybe he's in like some University of Phoenix online bullcrap. I don't know. But I guess maybe he means right out of high school. I, I was confusing because I was confused by that as well. Yeah. Because also, spoiler alert, the fact that he's in college like basically never comes up again. So well, I think he has to drop to, out to some... when he gets the fucking five kids dropped on him. He's not staying. He's not going to psych one. No, they were, no it's just right. at the end she references he got a promotion, but I guess it's still working on his degree. So I guess it didn't even he matter. Never got he works on it at one point in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Like one other point. Mm-hmm. Like you could have just like if anything that gives him a stronger narrative of being like you have to be the first one to go to college. I didn't go to college and I'm I don't like my job. And now and, we're like, sitting on toilets like, at Ace Hardware. Like, I was hoping for more of that. That more of the hardship is why they're putting pressure on her. Yeah, not because... that would have made sense, Austin. I was like, that makes that that makes them like way more like likable. Exactly. Because yeah, you can identify with them more that they just want her to have a better life. Exactly. And instead, the pressure here is just that like she is the only star in this galaxy. Yeah. And so all of their focus and attention is making sure she shines as brightly as possible, even though she just kind of wants to do her own thing. Which also, to her credit, she could do something to communicate that a little bit. But then again, she's lost and she didn't even know it. Oh, but I will give her mad credit because she does communicate very well at the end of the film, her feelings. And I'm like, I don't think I have ever seen someone express their feelings so well in a Disney Channel original movie. I I agree with you. I I was going to talk about that when you get there, too. I think we've seen a lot of movies that have very stereotypical heart-to-heart moments. Mm -hmm. I think the heart-to-heart talks of this movie are good. I think they nail them. They feel genuine. She sells them well. They feel, you feel the emotional. They feel like they're they're just the right length. They work very, very well. Like, that's the thing is, I said up top that I like this movie. Yes, it's inherently kind of silly, but like, the emotions do land for me in a weird way like it works even though i didn't expect it to the emotions in the next scene really got me like not a lot i don't know why i didn't connect with the dad probably because um men don't deserve rights but in the next scene (laughs) when she's with the mom that's what hit me Mm -hmm. home when the mom is like working on her little like town newspaper and she's like i could have been the maybe the editor of like the new york times like if i had like you know had these opportunities and i was like see she's trying to give you what she never got she's like she is trapped in this podunk town with this stupid man as her husband and like she could have been something and she's trying to give you that opportunity. Like, I felt that was powerful. And I wish they would have explored that a little more. I agree. Wrote that down as well. She said, if my parents told me that I could be running yes! the New York Times. That was what, that's what, it, that, that was the line. It was like, if my parents told me that I could be anything, then I could be running the New York Times. And like, that's all they're trying to do is like, give this bitch some direction and be like, you can be anything you want. What do you want to be? And she's like, uh, getting C's. Like, I, that's... Yeah, g- yeah, because later on, when she pivots to being all about art, they're just as supportive. And they're like, that's incredible. Like, it's not like they're dying for her to be like a scientist or a doctor or something like that. It's just they just want her they want her to be happy. And they just think like, this is her best chances to go to this magnet. Which is another thing. This confused me too, is the dad says like, if you go on, uh, 90% of the people who go to this magnet school go on to college. And I'm kind of, that confused me because I was like, going on to college is like a choice thing where like, obviously she could probably go to a better college, like a more expensive, like an Ivy League college if she went to like this magnet school. But I'm sure there's some college that would take you out of her normal high school. And so unless this high school is a real garbage dump, well, they, which it doesn't seem to be. seems like they hired that art teacher and he's good light. His recommendations <laughs> must have been sparse at best. I, I don't think that man has any real qualifications. But yeah, she goes to see the mom next. And this is the scene we were talking about where the mom's on the phone with somebody being like, she's a hard worker. She's great. And she hangs up and goes, I'm trying to get you an internship. Oh, no, sorry. She doesn't hang up. She covers the mouthpiece. And then she's like, great. I'm so glad you'll meet with her. I promise you'll be on the front page of tomorrow. <laughs> and I, I was like, you 
super can't do that. <laughs> like I said, she's violating Nepotism every journalistic... Nepotism is a disease. Nepotism is a disease, guys. This is how everyone gets ahead. You gotta learn it early, Kim. You gotta get your foot in the door any way you can. The mom just gives her the same basic spiel the dad did. Like, oh, your grades aren't great, but you'll you'll pull it off somehow, even though that doesn't make any sense. We cut to her room that night for her to work on her science project. Don't she's they talking have dinner to, first? I don't... I don't have any dinner. I don't have any dinner. Oh. Well, I like that they have like a real classic 90s. Nothing really happens except for what's already happened. But they have like <laughs> a real classic like 90s meatloaf dinner. Like remember those dinners? Like it was, it just looks so old school. Like when your mom used to make meatloaf slathered in like barbecue sauce. How was that? Emma, you hate meatloaf. I know, but I just remembered it being around a lot. <laughs> yeah, but whenever mom would make meatloaf, you'd, you'd throw a hissy fit because you hate meatloaf. If I remember your words correctly, food should not be served in loaf form. Yeah, you know what? I regret that. We all have a lot of regrets of things we said when we were 14, but now it looked comforting to look back on it. But she's up in a room working on her science project. She's talking to Brad, I think, or Zoe or both of them, I don't know, yeah. on her phone, and I immediately was like, oh, this is a see-through plastic phone. I love it. Uh, I, yes, yes. I, I made, made me feel things. And I, I didn't get, okay, they don't make clear what her science product is. There's like a bike on a table. She has like But then she plugs something into an something. onion. She plugs something into an onion. That's all I saw. Yeah, but then in the fantasy it's like fake cold fusion or whatever with an onion. I don't know. But I just don't get what, like, like clearly the set designer was just told, like, just put some vaguely, like, engineering science-y things around in there. Well, like, like I got this Luke, half a bike. It doesn't fucking matter because she loses anyway. So moving on. <laughs> yeah, it honestly gives me whiplash because, like, she's in there talking to Brad being like, they're still putting all this pressure on me to do great. And then the dad comes in being like, I'm putting pressure on you to do great, whatever. And then he, she goes, okay, well, I need to work on my science project. I'm sure it's going to be great. And then hard smash cut to her fantasy of the science fair where she's like, oh, come on, you didn't really believe this. And then it turns out Brad won inventing, I don't know what his thing is. Yeah, it's like, either. it looks like it's like a ship's wheel that you spin around. It's Wind some other like- something. Yeah, some nonsense. You know what it can't do though? Make his parents love him. Oh, That's true. woof, woof, woof. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Wait, prior to the science fair sequence, the dad and Jamie have a heart to heart, I believe, in her bedroom oh, after yes. that phone call. Oh, does this does this count as a heart to heart? Well, I thought it was a nice relatable moment where he was we'll like, you know, that. in high school, I was good at photography. Oh, this, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't part of his plan growing up. So you think maybe he would learn from experience that he didn't like changing his course of action, so he wouldn't make his daughter do that. But then again, I guess she really didn't have a course of action. She was lost and he was just trying to give her one. And here's the thing, Austin. The, what this movie is letting us know, which is a, a universal truth, which is that we will all just repeat the same mistakes of our parents over and over again until we die. That is kind of the theme of the movie. That's, there's a few. There's there's definitely a few. I feel like this movie's got a lot to say, but doesn't know how to say it. Uh, but I mean, also what I just took from this is that a lot of us end up in careers we don't like yeah. <laughs> to, to support ourselves. I think the theme of this movie is that life is a nightmare and there is no escape. Like you're going to be in a job you hate. You could have five kids and that's going to fuck it up even more and just keep chugging. But see, so yeah, we, the, we're at the science fair. Brad wins, obviously. That's the thing that gets me is like, you know Brad's going to win. He seems to win all the time at these kinds of things. Like, there's like a creative writing one and I don't think Brad would maybe be great at that. I don't know how prolific this man is. But it, it, like, you know she has to be better than Brad, which she is not. Right, they should find another avenue. They're, they're setting her up like a pig for slaughter at a certain point. It's like they know how good oh, Brad absolutely. is at science. Stop trying to make science her thing if 
she's going to get whipped by Brad every single time. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And that's exactly what these parents are doing. They're just throwing her against the wall of academic achievement and hoping she'll one day stick. Also, like, do they ever think to actually bring her to a tutor, perhaps? You know, if she's... If <laughs> that's really... an excellent point. They just think she's great already. She had no improvements necessary. Uh, that's a good point. I was going to say throw money at this problem and hire a tutor, but I don't think they have money to throw. That's a good point, yeah. So right after that, first of all, like I said, Brad goes up to her and is like, yeah, I liked your project too. You did good work. But yeah, her parents are there being like, you did you did great, Jamie, where we think uh, we got this writing thing. It's going to go great. And then we do another hard cut, which they don't make clear is the next day because they say, we'll see you at home. And then we cut to her walking home. They don't really make it clear that it's the next day but or some day in the future. And she walks in, her parents are oh, yeah. sitting around, clearly tense about something. And she walks in and they say, what are we going to tell Jamie? And she goes, tell me what? The dad just looks at her and goes, your mother's pregnant. And she's like, oh, that's awesome. Very good. And then this, I, I did kind of like weird bad sex performance talk here. Beat? Did you get this joke where she's like... I did, I did get one. Well, first he says, no, 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 you don't understand. She's really, 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 really pregnant. Then she does the weird sex talk thing. Like, I thought for a minute they were queuing it up to have to explain to her that, like, it's shocking that a woman her age had sex. Like, I thought we were going to explain menopause <laughs> for a moment. And then I was like, <laughs> I was really confused where we were going with that. And then she was the like... The pulls out a graph being like, these yeah, things are funny. My uterus. see, like, you're 14. And so this is unusual. But, like, no. What she just is like, oh, I'm having quintuplets. Like, and Jamie does a weird thing. Well, it's when a man and a woman really love each other. I'm honestly surprised Disney even touched that with a 10-foot pole. Like, she jumped Same. into her version of the That's sex That's what talk. I was saying. There's some weird things they go for here. Yes. Also, before this happens, she tells us to be careful what we wish for because she said she wanted all this attention off of us. And I was like, yes, can we can. not make this a you wish moment? <laughs> yeah, and in a, in a weird, bizarre way, Austin, it's kind of like this is one of those wish fulfillment Disney Channel movies where like the kid wishes that his little brother was gone and then he's gone. And like, it's not that because it's not magic, but it is kind of that. Like she wanted something and to take the pressure off. These quints are I would take the pressure off and then it's like, be careful what you wish for because now your parents don't care yeah. about you. Um, I do think it is in a scene where the dad's like collapsed in his chair and just goes, it's quints. It's quints. That's the first time they say quints. They will exclusively be called the quints throughout if the rest of the film. If you go to the IMBD of this That's movie, not the website. IMDB? Girl. Um, If you go to the, the this movie, <laughs> I was trying to figure out this ma- this actor's name that plays the dad because he's very Dan familiar. Roba. He's well, one of the hardest working people in Hollywood. This is an endless credit list. If you clicked on the character... I I accidentally clicked on the character in this movie instead of the actor and it goes to the characters page of Jim Grover from the movie Quince and it has just one box and it says famous lines it's Quince <laughs> <laughs> it's Quince baby it's Quince and a famous line as I said up top it's Quince and we can't take that away from mm-hmm. it so then we get a montage of them just scrambling to you know get everything ready for these five babies which seems to span the length of her pregnancy but we'd never see her like super pregnant in the montage it's only at the end of the montage does she have like a no stomach? not even at the end of the montage not even from the aerial shot they never stuff her but yes once they like once sit they stop. down and all that she is stuffed but yeah I actually thought the montage was a really successful way to show this passage of time you know I, I think that's montage is fine I, I question this a bit later but I find it strange that all the babies like you put all of their cribs right next to each other because then yeah. if, if one wakes up it's gonna cry and then wake the other ones <laughs> okay this was my note at the end of this movie but I'm gonna move it up here because it makes more sense 
here. Um, they end this movie on a positive note. Um, all is not well and good because they're in a, at most a three bed, two bath, tiny home in Milford. Like they have six children now. They need a new house. Yeah, it definitely. They're they're Emma. They're dancing on the lip of the volcano, as it is. <laughs> and I think exactly that's, that's tomorrow's it. problem. And they don't even know if they're gonna reach tomorrow <laughs> at this point. <laughs> You're so right. Okay, that's what was stressing me out about that. Moving on. Well, not, well, not at this point. Once it happens, and keep in mind, it happens now. The montage happens, yep. and then she like walks in the door, and then she's like, "Oh, contractions! Oh, yes. It's happening!" And so they drive to the hospital. The dad almost leaves her behind, which I thought was for good. Some good foreshadowing a little bit, like they already forgot her. Oh, it is foreshadowing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Kind of when she was in labor, I kind of wanted her to scream, "It's Quinn's!" <laughs> <laughs> the Quinn. Five children are passing through my vagina right now. Yeah, she could have had his iconic line. It could have been on her IMDb page. Yes, right. That actually would have. I would have liked it more if the Quince were a surprise, honestly. Or it was supposed to be quads, and then it's Quince. Or she just had to go to the bathroom really bad, and five babies came no, in. No, not like I didn't know it was pregnant, Austin. Austin, she's in a 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we don't believe in ultrasounds or whatever. She's in a 7-Eleven bathroom, and she just shits out of my face. <laughs> I don't want to have that think about that while I'm trying to record the rest of this episode. Guys, there's episodes of that show I didn't know I was pregnant that live with me forever. Like, they live with me. <laughs> like, I'll be trying to fall asleep on a Wednesday, like, this week, and I'll wake up and think about someone giving birth in a 7-Eleven bathroom. Like, I cannot shake those thoughts. No, me too. They, st- they still creep in every now and again. So yeah, they rush to the hospital, and yeah, we get the scene of like, okay, first it's out, it's Adam, they name all the kids. Weirdly, Brad and Zoe are there? So weird. Yeah, you know why the would you let her where you bring children? your two friends to your your siblings? <laughs> yeah, delivery? yeah. Why, well, not even the hospital. Why would your parents be like, call Brad and Zoe and, and get them also, over here? They gotta be a part of this. You know that thing where you hand out food to strangers at the, after the birth of every child? Well, no, this is a bit. I think it's supposed to be like when you hand out like cigars that like the baby's been born, but they're kids, mm-hmm. so they hand out lollipops. Lucas, the I, I like handing out the lollipops. Jump through to get to that. I didn't even think about that, but it's <laughs> still so many far degrees away. I, how about? I don't know. I guy. I, I wrote it down because I wasn't totally sure if that's what they were going for, but I think so. Um, but yeah, they're just like, and there's five of them, so they keep handing them. And there's only two people in the waiting room, so they're handing like ten lollipops to them at once, being like, eh, yeah, they're What all are the born. names? Can anyone do the names? Adam. Oh, God. Oh, I have them all down. Yeah. Oh, dang. Adam, oh, well, Becky. Hang on, let me, Austin, just tell me if I'm right. Yeah. Adam, Becky. Yeah. There's Eddie. Eddie's the fifth one. Oh, well, they're not, I'm not saying them in order. Okay. I'm just going off what I remember. They're in alphabetical order. Uh, well, how, how disrespectful I'm of you. I'm sorry. There's two it's girls. A, B, C, and I got D, Becky e. already. You're forgetting my favorite. What's your favorite? <laughs> Debbie. Oh, Debbie, yes. Lil, of Lil, course, Debbie the baby. Lil Debbie. <laughs> Debbie's a chunky queen, and I respect her. <laughs> yes. And then Charlie. Charlie. Good luck, Charlie. I fucking and, hated um, Charlie. I didn't like Charlie's energy. He was the one I hated the most. <laughs> Emma, did you vibe check all of these babies? Yeah, and I really connected with Adam and Eddie and Charlie not so much. Oh, Adam's the star of them in my opinion. Oh, 100%. He's the headliner. He's a drama, a little more ways than one. He's a drama king for sure. When he tries to run that fever and get everyone all freaked out in the climax, like he knew <laughs> what he was doing. He was like, time to bring this family together Adam style and he yes. faked the temperature. <laughs> and Jamie full-on names Adam herself. She, uh, her dad comes out of the room and says the first baby's born and she goes Adam so she gets to name the first baby unless they had some prior conversation but I thought that was really interesting I like your I did think that they had a prior conversation oh. as quick as she's shooting them out they're shooting off the names and so I I assume that's what happened but I like your version better that it is like okay you think of a name and just get ready to tell me what happens because firstborn man Adam yeah see it was that was also symbolism this movie is deeper than we're giving it credit for guys how many how many layers deep Adam? five, five. it's like a five layer <laughs> um, dip but so the babies get born and wait hold up i just realized we neglected jamie ourselves in that 
It should be six, you know? Well, but it's all about the quince. It you got to focus on the quince, quince Austin. Right. All right. How often? You know how much the guy says that once, we, once we'll get there. Right. But they bring the kids home, and she tells us over the narration that they're the first quince born in this state. What state? Who knows? Yeah. You'd think, considering they talk about that, and we meet the governor of this state, they would just, just tell pick us. One. Just pick one. There's 50 of them. You're not going to go wrong. Um, but yeah, they've become like a news phenomenon. And there's like reporters Wait, outside with cameras Lucas, and stuff. You missed my favorite part in the waiting room where the dad comes out and he's like, leaning against he's like sweating and like leaning against the wall and he's like it's quince and the two people in the hand of the suckers two in the waiting room approach the dad and one of them gives him a teddy bear and goes you're gonna need this and then the woman just hands him a bottle of loose pills and goes you're really (laughs) gonna need this she does do that i I forgot about that what were those did she just give him oxycodone i said austin i literally have written down that's clonopin and just a few loose oxys in there like they're like she's like you're gonna need this and that starts the b plot of this movie that we don't see which is spiral into drug use because that's the only way he's dealing with working (laughs) this much that's such a good point she she was clearly an an agent of whatever the drug company what's the drug company that makes oxycontin that basically started the opioid crisis I have um, no idea, assholes. Luke. <laughs> um, the point is, those assholes, like, because this is the period where they were just writing Oxycontin prescriptions for if you woke up one morning and felt your back felt kind of weird. They were just like, take take, take a couple Oxy. Yeah, She's that pushing just the pills on him. Yeah. yeah. She definitely is because she has no other purpose to be at that hospital. She was not pregnant. She was just no. sitting in that room with that man. She I was just know. looking for anyone to be like, hey, if you're feeling good, don't see the doctor. Yes. Don't charge your premium. Just take a couple Oxy. You can't give someone a prescription by of any pills like that's the whole that oh, like, it's, like, it's highly illegal don't get me wrong what I'm not was saying. In them, she just hands him a bottle of her own pills but so they come home and the parents that keep it also as emma mentioned that these parents are gonna have house space their car i don't think there's no feasible way oh. they fit two adults and then five babies in the back of that car impossible that mm. that happened because the kids have to ride in a taxi so clearly they all there we are allowed to believe that the babies are in there there's no heaven unless like she's got like two on her lap the mom in the passenger seat which is wildly unsafe yeah those kids need to be in their seats maybe buckled in get your parenting right this was a different time 2000 no clicking her ticket then <laughs> and click it or ticket they... <laughs> and so like yeah that we see some of the news coverage of the quince and whatever they, they're soaking up the limelight then we get into the madness then we get into the madness yes and I want to say right now, did anybody else notice in this first scene? I, they do it throughout the movie, but this is the first time you see it. All the quints are crying. They're, the mom, dad, and Jamie are scrambling around trying to, you know, calm them. They're just visibly using American sniper dolls. Like, did you guys notice that? They're, they're, <laughs> they're just using a doll, like a lifelike looking doll. And Kimberly J. Brown is like jostling it, trying to make it look like it's moving, but it's a fucking baby doll. Yeah. First of all, the, the fact you used the term American sniper doll, I knew exactly what you're talking about, really proves that that reference is just going to stick around forever, I guess. Um, Number one. Number two. I do think this the doll budget was high for this movie. It's a good doll. It's a better doll than the American Sniper doll. I'll say that right now. But well, they just bought like a Cabbage Patch kit or whatever. But third thing I wanted to bring up is I feel like this movie had to be a nightmare to either work on and Lucas, or just green light. I have the Because exact... you need to hire so many babies. You need at least, at least 10. Yeah, because you, you see the credits rolled at the end and they said like who played all the quints oh, and it was like it was like three, it was like triplets and twins and all this. You need to hire multiple Lucas, babies for this that- that's how I know we're on the same page. That is the, my next note is like how many babies because they can only have babies on set for like three hours at a time. Like they had to have like 20 babies on set. I bet the people on this movie wanted to jump off a bridge. They probably, Their eardrums were blown. I think everyone who worked in this movie quietly made a pledge themselves that they were never going to have children. I think <laughs> everyone in this movie pledged to quit the industry as well. Like they, 
they left. They walked off set. Like, I was like, this must have been out there. <laughs> and Luke's, Luke's right. Not even, like, the crying. Like, the logistical nightmare of these babies. Like, I, can't, mm-hmm. I would, no PA salary is worth that. None. It's, it mm-hmm. must be a fucking yeah. nightmare. I bet someone was like, this is my first break into the industry. I'm a PI on this channel. Industry. I'm going to give it my all. And then they got this move and they're like, well, I'm moving back to Utah. Yeah, right? he moved back to and Kansas. Then, yeah, they're, they're done. I'm going to probably be saying this a lot because it is what a lot of the rest of the movie is. It's just that baby hijinks, you know, just a lot of crying and parents being like, oh, Austin's doing some great mime work that you can't yeah. see podcast people. Yeah, it's just, you know, crying, whatever. And they're up, you know, classic gag of they're up to like two in the morning trying Morning to get the one, one hole down. with another blah blah blah. What? <laughs> well, you know, like when you like plug, I, it's a turn of phrase. I don't know what it is, but when you you pl- um, you plug a hole and then another hole forms. Oh, okay. They said plug one hole with another. Finger in a jam. Yeah, finger in a jam. That yeah. is the expression. Like, that's what the hand motion he was making. I mean, yeah. But so they finally get them all down at like two a.m. and they're like, all right, let's all just go to sleep. Kim J. Brown's tucked into bed in her monkey pajamas, which I was like, oh man, what a time to be alive. Big time for monkey pajamas this year. Huge yep. time. I had a pair. And she, yeah, she gets woken up like like immediately they only get like an hour of sleep and this I think was my other laugh she's at school the next day and Brad and Zoe go up to her and say so how are you feeling and she goes I feel like I want to drink coffee yeah that was <laughs> funny. I, I like that that was good that was a good comeback and Brad is just like well things will get better once the baby nurse starts uh and then and like because I think she's told him at this point she's really excited about the quince because her parents will be distracted she can just kind of do whatever she wants kind of thing and so Brad is like oh that's finally gonna start once you don't have to actively take care of the children can I also say she was bringing up a lot about that her parents are putting pressure on her. Pressure that she now has to take care of all of these kids and like help them out. That's like a 10 times multiplier of pressure in my opinion. And she volunteers as tribute many times. Uh, yeah, she's really going to bat for this really hard. And I, I like, I want it and I appreciate it because she, she's also, we shouldn't undercut it. She's really excited to have little brothers and sisters now because she's been an only child for 12, 13 years. But I, at a certain level, I'm just like, girl, you shouldn't have to do with this. Live your life. Right. <laughs> like, um, and then we meet my favorite character in the movie, Queen Fiona. I loved this one. Again, I don't <laughs> want to was... bog down this movie with reality. How the fuck were these people affording a baby nurse? You know how expensive that is? Because the dad was working nonstop right. hours. They literally say we can't afford her to keep her full that time. Was, okay, I did appreciate that. Then after like 20 minutes, they finally then have a meeting where he's like, I cannot afford to keep this nurse. Yeah, that's and what I I'm like, saying. I like the financial problem in this as opposed to other movies where they're just like vaguely like, we can't keep the farm, you know? Like this one, it's like, no, like these children are running us ragged. Sorry, really quick, before before Fiona comes into the picture, they're at school again. We see the art club teacher again. We see the art club teacher again. Oh my God. The oh. art teacher literally hands Jamie a picture of her, like on him, just oh, waiting I forgot to about give that. to her. The monologue he gives here though, guys, is also fucking insane. He literally is like, where is your heart, Jamie? And it hits her hard. Where is your heart? Don't speak to a child like that, sir. Don't <laughs> speak like that. And then also, why is he acting like an old forest witch? He's like a, their fucking art teacher <laughs> who lives in like a condo around the corner. And he's like, where's your heart, Jamie? Follow your true path. Like all of his monologues are like weird Gandalf shit. Like I, it is so crazy the way he's written. It drives me up the wall. If it is your heart's true passion, you see, you must walk the path of the meek. <laughs> Literally. Okay, but the baby nurse is here. She's doing an accent a that full I doubt fire. cannot place. I would call it a full doubt fire. <laughs> it's some northern it's, Ireland. It's Irish, Scottish, Fionish. And I, it's I, Irish, I, Scottish, Fiona. and Robin Williams. It's a full doubt fire. It sounds kind of like Tom Cruise's fake accent in Far and Away, that terrible Irish accent, like Belfast accent. That he did. It's kind of like that. Be- I thought she was trying to go for Belfast. She was trying something. But I, 
will say, as much as she's trying, she is committing. Okay, she guys, is committing. When she walked in, though, for a second, and this is, again, like, just bear with me. I had a long day at work. But when she walked in, I thought for a second that it was because of, like, her stature. And I also forgot, like, t- how time works. Like, I remember what Don Knotts looks like from the Andy Griffith show, which is in the <laughs> 60s. And I forgot that now he's going to look like a legitimate, like, corpse. Um, I, I, I thought that it was loved. that Fiona was Don Knotts in a wig for a moment. For a moment, <laughs> I was like, loved. there is Don Knotts. I would have loved seeing Don Knotts, Mrs. Doubtfire, this family. Are you kidding me? I thought it was a full, full Doubtfire, not just an accent, a full, full Doubtfire, and it was Don Knotts in a wig. And I, my heart soared, and then it sank back into my chest when I realized it wasn't. Uh, but but I, I just like the energy this lady brings. She gives the movie like a shot in the arm a little bit, where she's just like, I thought they were going to do a bit where like, she like comes in and sees it's five babies and like leaves because that's too much. But she's like, no, I'm here. We're doing it. I'm br- I thought we've got a schedule. I'm going to keep everything organized. We've got a plan. Again, that's a weird thing. They Yeah, well, then we get another montage of her like taking care of the babies. Jamie's helping. And she has this weird thing where she just calls them numbers where it's like number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. And then Jamie's number six. Um, But so, but words. Uh, we're going to say when she says number one, went number two. Yeah, and she also <laughs> used that to a bit to make poop and pee jokes. Yeah, it was, which, it was pretty, honestly, I thought Which it was I get it. You're making a movie about babies. You want to throw in some poop and pee jokes. That's fine. But, you know, it's a certain brand of humor that I don't to particularly enjoy. I also love that our introduction to her character is literally her walking up to the mom being like, oh, you look like shit. You must <laughs> she be the mom. That. Yes. <laughs> literally, sit down, ugly. You look like ass. Also, the other two girls in the room are 14, so of course she is the mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, f- I have that note, too. I skipped over Must have skipped over that. And she walks in, and there's two 14-year-old girl girls and then clearly adult woman and she goes you must be the mother what were your other options Fiona that then she kicks out the friend immediate family only and then tries to kick out Jamie and she's like I am the other sibling I'm number six but so they we get a little montage of her taking care of the kids Jamie's helping out they're filling out you know they got clipboards filling all this stuff out keep track of when they're going to sleep when they're using the bathroom etc etc but then it kind of culminates in like a family meeting and I think we kind of talked about where the dad's sitting down and thinking, being just like, we can't afford to keep Fiona full time. I can't keep working double shifts. He's also disappeared from the movie for quite some time because he's supposed to be working. He's doing drugs. He's doing drugs. He's doing drugs. <laughs> I think if anything, he's doing speed just so he can work well, on cocaine, like, just so he can work like, these hours. He's doing like speed to elevate to do the work. But then he's coming down on oxy. Like he's doing. He's just uppers yeah. and downers. Uppers and downers. He's that's whatever he can get his hands on. Exactly. Austin, that woman that was in the waiting room. She's now his dealer, and whatever she has, that's what he's on. A lot. Of, yeah. A lot of their money's also going to his new habit for sure that's why they could afford fiona officially but now they can't afford her anymore because the money yeah, they can't afford out. fiona they can't afford diapers the diapers are gonna oh, bankrupt right, yeah, them that's bankrupt. gonna come up in a second but what's weird is like we can't afford fiona forever and i was kind of like you don't need to afford her forever they're only gonna be babies for like a year maybe two if you need them when they're toddlers Luke, what you know, the it's fuck not that. was that logic they're only gonna be babies for a year maybe two do you know when being a baby ends it's not like a it's a pretty much a fixed term well, you're a, you're a bit you're like a bit you're like a toddler by like yes, two, you, know, yes. they don't, you don't need as, as intensive care. I know, when you're but the way you said it was like it was like, yeah, when are they? Whenever they stop being babies, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, like, hey, you know, what is, what, how long could that be? One, two, three, whatever. <laughs> two years. Uh. <laughs> Whenever they feel like it. But while they're having this meeting, kind of trying to figure it out, I, well, Jamie also is like, I'll take care of him. Like, she's... Again. Yeah, she, she's, she's stepping up. What, and they keep being like, Jamie, you're 13. You don't know how to take care of one baby, let alone five. And it's clear that they're kind of like, This was yeah, just that's a, a dumb beat point. that has no purpose. Well, I thought it was setting up that she was going to, like, get an after-school job or something, which would have been a really good, uh, like, experience for her or something. No, it didn't. It didn't happen. I honestly think they just didn't know how to write the, the solution to them having money problems. They were like, let's just have her help for a little bit. But then 
as they're having this meeting, Fiona comes down and she's like, nope, I'm done. Can't do it. It's just too much. I, I hear them crying in my sleep. They're affecting me. I gotta go. You can keep all your money. Keep the I'm money. out. I'm, that's how you know a person is quitting when they're just like, I don't even need to get paid. I am done. Do you think that Fiona's lines here were ripped directly from what the PA said after the third day of working with 10 babies? <laughs> because that's probably exactly what happened. They were like, I don't even no, want No, I think Fiona wasn't money. supposed to quit. I think that the actress just walked off set and they're like, well, frick, we gotta we use this footage. To. We have to use this footage somehow. Use the raw footage. We should pull me out because again, I really liked this character. I wanted her to stick around. I honestly, I I did remember things about the movie, but I kind of remember her being more of a main antagonist than I thought. Antagonist? How is she like the villain? Well, like yeah, I thought she was more of a conflicting force of the story. Oh yeah, I guess it would have been. You could see Jamie because Jamie doesn't really like her. Right. I thought she was driving a wedge. Yeah. I thought she was the one who drove the wedge. Jamie doesn't really like her her the way she does things. I guess I could see that. But we're about to meet the real antagonist. Jamie's big social justice thing is that she wants the quints to be individuals and she doesn't like that Fiona calls them numbers and then she, later on she doesn't like that her parents call them like quints. She wants them to all be referred yeah. to as individuals. That's like her big cause that she takes. Uh, I love that to be honest. No I yeah. love that as well. Oh, this is such a unique message. I was too. here for it. Yeah, because some of it. the babies had bad vibes like Charlie and some of them had good vibes like and they should have all, yeah. all be lived together. Yeah. Well, well Debbie did have great vibes because uh, Fiona almost leaves with her. <laughs> And <laughs> full on almost does a Mr. B to Jamie and makes her way out of the house with Debbie and then someone's baby. And the parents also don't give a shit. They're like, oh fuck, if she only she could have just taken one. Also before <laughs> <laughs> We wouldn't have noticed. Before Fiona leaves, you guys, there did you see the dinner scene where uh Jamie gets to eat dinner by oh, herself? Oh yeah, I was I was about to talk about that. Yeah. What the fuck was going well, she, on? Why there? does she put she cake on top p- of her lasagna? <laughs> it was viscerally gross to me. It was really, really gross was to really watch gross. her eat the chocolate cake that was touching the top of her lasagna. She just <laughs> slapped it on there like a goddamn animal. Because she's like, she's like thriving now. Now she's reached that point where it's like, I get to eat dinner alone. Also, I think maybe she's joined Art Club at this point. Yes. I, we kind of browsed over because I don't want to talk about, she I don't want to talk about Mr. B. But uh, she's joined Art Club now to, you know, explore her passions and learn or whatever. And so she's like, I don't come home. I, that means I can't come home after school because when I come home, I have to help Fiona. So I'm kind of, kind of trying to avoid, put that off. So I join Art Club. And then sometimes like, I'm the only one who's there to do dinner. So she just has a lasagna and a chocolate cake. And she's just like, I love being myself. It takes the slice away and just slaps it on top of her lasagna. And I audibly almost vomited. Well, you I was know, like, oh, also, oh. guys, that's how you know that this movie's written by, like, old white men. Because they're like, what would kids do if they had to make dinner for themselves? Chocolate cake and lasagna? Like, no, fuck, no. That's not a kid's fantasy. <laughs> like, if a kid's fantasy dinner by themselves is, like, seven straight bowls of cinnamon toast crunch. Like, that's what you want. You don't <laughs> want to eat cake on top of lasagna. That's fucking gross. Great transition, now because speaking of old white men, well, not old, but speaking of white men in suits, um, as Fiona's leaving, I think they're going to, like, chase her down. And who's standing out front with boxes and pawn boxes of diapers, but Albert? Albert, yeah. I think that's his name, yeah. Albert, and he's like, guess what? I got you now. I represent the Little Angel Diaper Company, I believe, is it? Little. I think it's Little Angel. Something something like that. Cutie Pants. Cutie Pants. I was totally wrong. It's Cutie Pants. Thank you, Austin. On the Cutie Pants diapers, um, we'd like to have a word with you, and I'm going to solve all your problems. And I immediately said, I did not see the turn of this involving an evil diaper diaper executive. (laughs) I put evil with a question mark because I wasn't sure, but I definitely got an evil vibe off this dude. Is that the guy that played Jackal Jackson? Because if... It was 100% his audition for Jackal Johnson. (laughs) If that's not the same actor, they look 
freakily Jackson. alike. They look wildly alike. Yep, nope, that is That's him. weird to think, because these yeah, movies, is it those Austin? movies are really far apart. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I knew it. He That guy has one, he skates to one song and one song only, and it's sleazeball and a decom. Yeah, and I looked him up on his IMDb. The dude is jacked, and you would have no idea. Not that that matters, but I was like, whoa, what? All that was under your shirt? I hate that, because it's like, why put him in a movie if he's not going to take his shirt off then? Like, what, what are we doing? He should, his shirt should come off <laughs> at least once in Quinn's, and twice in Cheetah Girls. This is the only good joke that I wrote down in the whole movie that I liked was when she opens the door, Kimberly, she opens the door to see that all the diapers getting delivered and she goes, did someone make a wish to the diaper genie? I thought that was fucking funny. Oh, I didn't even get that. I that is a good joke. That was a good I joke. I heard her that say diaper genie joke. and I was like, what a weird thing to say, but I forgot a diaper genie was an actual thing. That's a good... Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Austin also just got it. It was a machine yeah, that I don't your know, diapers. I don't know what it is, yes. Well, um, I don't really have a transition, but we got to take a break uh, right about now. I gotta change my diaper because I, I, for the purposes of the joke, I'm wearing a diaper. I didn't have, I didn't have a good one. Because you ate cake and lasagna for dinner, and now I yes, I have, I have loose bowels tonight. (laughs) Um, so we will see you in a minute. We or we will see you maybe in five minutes. I fucking hated that so much. I actually, my body just went into full fight or flight. I actually hated that. (laughs) (laughs) Mom said the same thing. Mom was around when I was watching this movie and she was like, it was just babies crying for like an hour and 20 minutes. I hated that. That has to be, that has to be an evolutionary woman thing. Like I think women's bodies are built to react. That's exactly what I said. That's exactly what I told her. It's something in our mental chemistry. Like I don't like that and it puts me on edge. So Albert's in their house. He's giving them the spiel being like, listen, cutie pants diapers, they want to pay for everything. They want to make these kids. They want to like extend the moment of these quints. You know, Austin's making the money, rubbing your fingers together, money, <laughs> hand sign. Austin, um, is Austin doing a full like puppet show over there? I feel like he's doing a lot of signage. <laughs> Emma, I'm not kidding. Emma, you still, I, you still will do full on hand puppet theater and then I have to remind you no one can see it. That's so just don't for me. That's you just can take the me. boy out of theater club, but you can't take the theater club out of the boy. <laughs> oh, also, I just have to say really quick, I love how when you guys give credits to good actors, especially parents, on the show, and I should be so lucky one day that <laughs> to be a Disney uh, Channel. I would absolutely. Love Austin, I, I want it's that like for really you. go for it. I really want that for you. I think I think right now you could where you are. I think you could play a great older brother yes. character. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm here for that. I think you could get like sure. a good eleven lines in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then, but I'm saying like I want you to do the what some people do, where like you get those eleven lines and you sell those eleven lines. Like you go, right. you go oh. above and beyond. You're like Vin Diesel in the Fast and the Furious. You're taking it so serious. Kristen like, Chenoweth in The Descendants. Yes. Yes, yes, exactly. You think you're somewhere else. But yeah, they're, Albert's basically like, I want your kids to be the spokespeople for our brand. We're going to, you know, reinvigorate the news stories and all that stuff, talking about the 
this partnership, et cetera, et cetera. Take a trillion pictures. It's going to be great. They do. I don't know why they decided to do this. They do like where the mom is sitting in one place and Albert is walking around her. They do a 360 camera spin around the mom where it's just like a tracking thing. And I, I was sitting there, funnily enough, we were just talking about giving too much effort. I was like, why are you putting so much effort into the cinematography it's here? It's a metaphor. <laughs> it's a metaphor. They're getting caught up in his like tornado of bullshit. Like it's oh, all, it's all a metaphor. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, <laughs> and the long and short of it is I will give you the money you need to survive if you let me market your children. Yeah. Which obviously, like, who's going to say question. no to that? They're underwater. Oh yeah. I mean, they're going to be bankrupt. <laughs> like they're going to be destitute soon. Like they need to take this deal. Oh God. This, this half of the movie honestly all kind of runs together. Don't they go like, back to art club? Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're continually going back to art club. She's practicing new techniques. She's learning to draw. Guys, guys, when they go into the, the art club and they do they do portraits and he's trying to get her to draw a cell, a portrait because she's like, she's kind of touching down with her. Like she's kind of good at drawing, but he's like, let me teach you how to do a portrait. I want to see what you see. He then goes in her ear. I want to see what you <laughs> see when you see me. I was like, get this man in jail. I do believe in prison reform, but I also believe he needs prison. I, there's nothing else that can fix him. I was like, get him away from her. And then he literally pulls, he does that haunting thing that like the L school teachers do where he like drags up a three-legged stool and then sits down spread spread legged to like get real with her. I was like, I hate this. I've realized the problem, the reason I'm skipping over all these art scenes is because all of my notes are just that like, I hate the teacher. <laughs> like, I just like, I've decided I don't like it. Like, I, I don't actually take notes about the art thing because the art thing is fine. She's discovering a passion. She's really good at actually, it. Actually, the drawings of the babies kind of haunting. I don't love her. Oh, artwork. they're terrifying. Oh, yeah, they're not good pictures. They're not at all. Good pictures. I mean, she's a thirteen-year-old girl, whatever. But it's like they're they're creepy. Yeah, like the their pictures eyes are, are like, like dead. They're, like they're so floating round. dead heads. I I don't like them. So yeah, she goes dark class. She's figuring all that stuff out. Um, I think here she just tells her that like FYI, you're not gonna get like any attention. I really don't care about you. And she was like, that's great with me. I'm super fine with that and the mom like becomes their manager and so she's super distracted the dad's I don't know the dad's like I, I don't know I think he's make, still working. working making a plan I don't know what he's up to or he's but, hitting the college books but hard you know? the next thing I have for her is that apparently there's another science fair and she's not gonna do <laughs> I know Austin <laughs> again Austin no one sees her right. face but there's another science fair and she's right. like I gotta tell my parents that I'm not doing it how are there so many science there's fairs at the like, school this is not the of, magnet school yeah, it's a lot of science fairs so they, they just had one these babies are barely two months old they uh and so like we go back she's walking back home and they're like setting up a commercial shoot or photo shoot in their yard and she's just talking to her mom and she's like how was school great and i decided i'm not gonna do science fair and the mom's like what yeah okay she's like attending to a baby she goes you're my witness zoe i told her i'm not doing that and then like we just kind of continue on this where they're doing stuff she's going to art club and you know you can kind of there is kind of a bit of a rift forming but it's not like a bad rift it's you can just see it happening yeah she's starting to get upset and she's uh, of witnessing that they're being treated more of the unit and not as individuals yeah, she's starting happening. to talk about it more but she's like, also getting quints, really into the art the quints in the commercials like she doesn't like that her parents are being swept up in this fame and fortune and you know diaper influencers free diapers like right. being diaper influencers fame fortune and free diapers what every man wants hey <laughs> um, yeah we see her art Art evolving and like it goes without saying but her art is just like I know we just said the babies don't look good but she's way too good at art in an instant like the first time he's like just try drawing something and she perfectly styles a head like exactly the shape it needs to be and everything like and it's like you're not even trying to presume a 13 year old did that 
Um, right, she was getting C's in art before, mind you. Who gets a C in art? Like, uh, come on. And so, and and then this is the first, like, real heart-to-heart. I, I do think the photography one's pretty good, but it's another one in a room where she's, like, laying down and the dad comes in, and he also does the turn the chair around and sits down with her and being like, hey, kiddo, like, how you doing? And I and I was sitting there, and I was kind of like, oh, we're doing this, huh? And, and like I mentioned, I was just kind of like, wait a minute, I kind of click with this. Feel this, this feels like it's working for me. I don't remember really what they talk about, if I'm being honest. I do remember this moment of them just having a genuine thing, and I think he did, he was kind of saying something along the lines of, like, I know things are different right now. Yeah, but like, I think he's trying to, yeah, he's trying to reassure that we love you yeah. and, like, we're not forgetting you. Next up, okay, so now we have, there's supposed to be parent-teacher conferences, and Oh, I forgot about this saying, entirely, like, much like her parents. <laughs> foreshadowing, Ella. And the mom is saying, oh, we gotta, we're, the kids are doing a commercial or whatever, so they're not gonna be, like, we can't do something tonight or whatever, but we'll still be at parent-teacher conferences tomorrow. Don't even trip. And then we do, she does another fake fantasy where, like, the parent-teacher conference is, like, again, a circus and being like, your daughter is the most incredible artist I've ever met. Her parents don't show up. Yeah, her parents don't show up. Um, the parents, it, but, but also she really wants them there, which, I mean, it's a parent-teacher conference. How exciting is that gonna be? Yeah, but she just needs some love right now. I, she just, I, yeah. I wrote, in reality, her parents didn't show up, dot, 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 damn. It's also, it's in this fantasy in particular, we haven't commented on it. I'm surprised Emma hasn't commented on it. The way they dress Kimberly J. Brown in these films. Like a toddler, <laughs> I mean, in, like in a crazed, to- like, gosh, <laughs> gosh, bagosh. It's, and she's always in pigtails, too, always. And But it's always just like sweatpants they are like tied on her legs but so high you can see her ankles and like sketchers and like overalls and like, like stripey shirts like she's an Oshkosh Bagosh toddler uh, but in this one specifically she's dressed like goddamn rainbow oh, bright yeah. wearing a red outfit with a rainbow across it and then she has that big pink like puffer jacket as well we, be, we basically do a hard cut from the parent-teacher conversation thing to this fantasy and then to her sitting at a table in the gymnasium while a guy's sweeping and Brad's just sitting there being like I'm sure they're they just like something happened not a big deal well yeah, I mean, we knew my parents wouldn't show up. Or she says, like, yeah, Brad, we knew your parents wouldn't show up. And I was like, why are you so cavalier about Brad's parents not showing That's up? That's where it came at me like a freight train. When it's like, we knew yes. your parents wouldn't come. Um, wh- And also, even if he is not in a happy home, who the fuck speaks to their friend like that? We all know your parents are a piece of shit. She meant to hit him where it hurts. She knew what she was doing. She's lashing memory. out. Jesus Christ. Brad, uh, there's only time for my trauma in this movie. Right. We don't have time He for has her. a whole different movie. He reminds me of who was that kid from Brink, Emma, whose like stepfather was beating him in the background? Oh of my that god! Movie. I remember you guys talking about that. That was horrifying. That was that was dark. It feels like that. Yeah, this feels dark. And like you could say maybe they weren't coming because like they knew he was, he knew he does great all the time. They didn't everything to talk about. But he, why is he there then? He should not be there if they were questioning whether or not his parents were going to show up. My point, Luke, is the insanity of it all is like it wouldn't be so dark if we weren't glossing over it, and making it like a cute punchline. Like, um, your dad's abusive. Um, your parents don't love you. It's like, um, let's dive into that maybe for a moment. Let's show some some empathy. But no, Kimberly J. Brown just ridicules him for it and keeps on trucking. Yeah, I will also say, I, I like I talked about like the emotions of this movie kind of working. I did get kind of bummed out at that shot of her sitting on all the tables. Like I knew it was coming, but then what happened? I just went, oh. Me too, like, I felt really bad for yeah, her. Yeah, I felt bad yeah. for her. Like I was like, this is working. And so then she goes home and is like, so what happened here tonight? Any big emergencies? You know, they're, they're like, no, we're just taking care of the kids. And she's like, oh, well, you know, like she's like setting them up to try and like probe, see if they remember. And just so she can just bring the hammer down on them. And then eventually it just clicks. They're like, oh my God, we forgot to go to parent-teacher conferences. We were just, you know, so, so, so scatterbrained, I guess. So because of that. What happens? I have no idea, you guys. They kind of reconcile a little bit. 
and they talk again, I think, the next day about the commercial they're about to shoot. I think that the Quints have their first big national commercial. Yes. yes, that's what it is. And to appease her, they say that she can be in the commercial, even though she's expressed no interest of being in the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> right. They, like, want her to feel included, I guess. Yeah. And so they're trying to include her in the Quince thing when that's not what she wants. No, but she is quick to be like, yeah, sure, you know what, this commercial will make me feel better. Until they reveal that she would be dressed as a giant diaper. Giant diaper. Yeah, yes. I... I saw that coming that she was going to be, it was going to be something embarrassing, but I got to admit the diaper costume they made for this two seconds of screen time was pretty good. Pretty iconic. Very cute. It was, it was cute. She it was honestly funny. looks kind of cute in the little hat. Yeah. The hat yeah. made me laugh. I was kind of like, this is pretty good. I like this. Like it was expected, but I still got, still, like I said, I expect things and then they come and I'm like, actually I did enjoy that. Right. Like, you know, what's coming, but not in a bad way. You can totally cut this out, but I am on hold right now for an adult diaper job. Uh, <laughs> oh my yeah. God. I hope that. This is a sign. Wait, Austin. why would you be? Why would you be in that commercial? Because well, I, they just need young people. But, but why are they young for adult diapers? Isn't that mostly an elder person product? To show to to market to the oh, they're trying to reach young people. It can be for anyone. Because yeah. there, be... there are people. Yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, there are people with bad bladder problems. Yeah, I'll I guess. take the money. So yeah, no, definitely take the money. I was just confused by the circumstances. <laughs> so yeah, they. I mean, yeah, we basically just said she's in a funny diaper. Haha, she doesn't do the commercial. After the diaper, I just have. I'm only growing more and more concerned about. Brad, is there well, another yes. Brad? Okay, there's a scene where he absolutely freaks out on her, right? Is that what I'm, what the next thing, what time we see him? Oh, yes, yeah. where he's just, a, she's complaining to them and he was like, I would give anything for the way your parents look at you if your parents looked at me, if yes. my parents looked at me like that. And I, that's where I was like, Brad, are you okay? And he kind of gaslights her in this situation too, where he's like, I think that you do need to like talk to your parents. Like you do need to do this and that. I'm like, all right, Brad, you're really intense over here. He was starting to rub me the wrong me way. Me too. I said, someone give Brad a Xandax because of Xandax, because he's coming at her. Yeah, but it's not Brad's fault. Right. Brad's got a lot going. I don't Trickle know down if it was like him overacting for his reel or something, but when he literally launched into the thing where he's like, I would give anything for my mom to look at me just once the way that your parents look at you every time you come in the door. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, what is going on here? I do not want to go in on this child actor, but I do think it was the actor. <laughs> and then like Kimberly's like, hey, calm down, man. Um, Whatever. That was weird. My friend just had a little bit of a moment. And then the teacher says, you don't need to graduate high school to be successful. And I was like, that's not what we should be telling children. <laughs> and then he says something that's something that I wrote down that is your future always lies with you. He's fucking talking like a, the inside of a Dove chocolate. I can't get on board with this man. I would have said fortune cookie, but okay. <laughs> Specific And reference. he thinks he's having, he thinks he's full of whimsy. He thinks he's full of whimsy, this actor. Um, and then... Why do none of us have any idea what happens in this movie in what order? Because this last part really runs together. Yeah, and it was a lot of jumping from art room to nursery to art room right. to nursery. Like, I don't even know where the, we talked about it, I don't know where the scene where she mixes the babies up is. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. Wait, yeah, you were like, Oh, it's too early. It wasn't. I was fucking right. It was there, man. Maybe I made. Yeah, I assumed I made a note about it, but I guess I didn't. It's incredible. It's crazy she does that. Yeah. <laughs> like I kind of love her stunning on this them for that. But just being like, you don't even know your own. She gaslights right. her parents. She like moves the baby. There's around. also a big through line a er, little, little earlier on about how the dad is spending no time with them and they're like going to grow up not knowing they even have a father, yeah. which is kind of dark. And then so she dark. really preys on those fears and makes him think he doesn't know his children by mixing them up. Right, and that's that's the one penis joke that I remember is that he yes. thinks he's holding a girl and he lo- lives open to her onesie and he's like, whoa, that's a dick. Right. He doesn't say that. Also, though, I'm like, there's totally a diaper under that onesie, so... Oh, that's an excellent point. Just yeah. me being like... No, you're right. Mm, how could they really know? So yeah, the teacher tells Jamie that 
that her baby pieces sketches. will be in the main. We've also seen her like looking. That's I think that's where that scene happens. We see her sketching the babies as she's watching them, and they come in. They're like, "What are you working on?" She's like, "Nothing." I've I've scrambled these babies out of order. <laughs> Answer Your my riddles three, and babies will show you which they be. You must find which babies are one through five if you wish to leave the room alive. <laughs> um, she's super excited about that because they choose one person from each class, and she got picked from her class. Oh, is that what it was? I think okay. so. Okay, yeah, okay. it's a big deal. She would like us to believe it's a big deal. She says it incessantly. Jesus, relax. And then we, go, we then we go to her telling them at breakfast, being like, "My pieces have been selected for this art show. It's this night. You guys got to come and see it." And this was actually kind of a good fake out. This is probably the best fake out of them all, where the parents are like, "Well, we don't care. Why we've never cared about you succeeding at things." And then she just looks at us and being like, "Yeah, no, I was just I just thought I'd play with your expectations." Austin, is that the one you fell for? Which one did you fall for? Shockingly, it's not the one I was referring to, but I would agree with Lucas. There was a moment, a moment where I was like, "Oh, this could be real." Me but too. Then they were too harsh on her. This is one too that harsh, I believe. So I was like, okay, no. This is one that I believe. But I, 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 thought, I thought it was going to be, if it was real, my thought was that it was going to be some big revelation where it's like, we've never cared about you getting angry because we just want you to be happy or something. Like, it's going to be some moment, but they're just like, no, we've never cared about you. Right. <laughs> and at, I think it's that exact moment. Albert, Albert comes in. in. And he's like, guess what, fam? Best news ever. I laughed at this. He comes in in a great mood. And then Jamie goes... Did you get paid today? Yes. <laughs> yes. I loved that as well. I was like, oh, she's really smart. Yeah. I, I like the character of Jamie. Uh, well, relative, relatively. Yeah. I, I think had she not talked to us like it was a one woman show, I would like her more. Agreed. I don't and like the fact the that she calls us idiots. And I don't like the way she spoke to me. I don't like the way she spoke to me. Put some respect on my name, Thank Jamie. Thank you. At one point, she tells us like, oh, if you were tricked by that, like you need to go clean off the blackboard. I was yeah, like, you what? To to now you're handing me If you are paying attention, you're going to detention. She calls yeah. us like dunces. She's like, go put in the dunce can. Yeah, you silly little pig. Are <laughs> <laughs> you little baby, huh? Literally, she's like, you're the baby girl. <laughs> Does little pig boy think my parents don't care? Wrong. <laughs> Literally, she's taunting us. But yeah, I would have actually liked it better if she brought a really intense energy of just like, no, you idiots. Yeah. But he comes in and is like, the governor is having a parents of the year award dinner. Why the governor is in charge of that award is beyond me. You'd think it was some like childhood association or parenting association. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to be the honored guests. They're the parents of the year. They're the parents of the year. You've won parents of the year. You're going to be the guests of honor. You're going to go to the governor's house. There's going to be a big ball and a dinner, etc. And they're freaking out like, oh my gosh, we're parents of the year. These people are not parents of the year. No. In, in no way. Book. In no way. I don't know. I don't know what strings Albert had to pull. This does kind of feel like it's an award that you pay for. Oh, for I think sure. Albert paid for you think this, this wasn't award. a kickback to Don Knotts' character? That man's taking bribes <laughs> left and right. He was at a cigar club with what with like the That's, uh, governor, he was at a gentleman's club with Don. They were watching strippers, and he was like, "I got this family of queens. You're gonna let them in, win the award. I'll secure your reelection." Like that man is running for governor on diaper money that he got under the table. Do you think Don Knotts real actual? Don Knotts with that face and voice got a lot of women for being on TV. Yes. Because I feel like yes. in I feel like in the 50s, if you were just on TV, you were you were like everyone incredible. thought you were incredible an incredible. Lucas, man. yes, because I did look at his obituary to figure out when he died and how close it was to the release of Quince, and he had like three wives, all of whom were very hot. Like he was definitely getting it. But like I, audience, look up a clip of what Don Knotts talks and looks like. It's it, it, he's not a heartthrob. <laughs> like Andy Griffith, sure, of course, I understand if he was getting it on the reg. But Don Knotts, <laughs> really? I'm sorry, I just needed to get that thought out of my brain. But so they're freaking out, and then Jamie goes and picks up the invitation. 
they're already talking about like, oh, we can't wait to go. We're so excited. It's happening. We're going to be there. Yeah. Great. They like run upstairs. Jamie picks up the invitation and sees that it's Saturday night at 7 p.m. The same exact time as her art oh, show. Oh, and then she has a psychotic break. From an acting standpoint, I loved it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she Well, we get a close-up on her face and she does some really good fake I'm about to cry. Yeah. Because I don't think if she, if I don't know if Kimberly J. Brown knows how to cry on command, but I don't think she really knew how to figure it out because you never see her actively crying. No, no actual tears. You just see her face kind of like welling up. The voice though, the voice gets a little yes, shaky. Yes. But this is, this is what got me is that she then runs out of their house and runs to the school. Did she run with all of that emotional yes, energy yes. all the time. Because she gets to school. Like, Lucas, she gets to school and she's at a fucking 12. <laughs> she was at a 10 when she's out the note. By the time she runs all the way to school, she's elevated that emotion to a 12. And I mean, then I she has a psychotic break. she walks to school, but I just thought it was really funny oh, yeah. for her, like, running along the side of the highway, just, like, <laughs> crying. Like, at a certain point, you would be like, what am I doing? Breaking pencils along the way. Yeah, just like, yeah. <laughs> she is single-minded of her goal of getting there and destroying those photos like she has a full psychotic break she runs past her friends who were like what's wrong well, with got, her? i mean you gotta pay some lip service to the incredible background actors who are just looking at her like what the hell is her problem as she just storms, storms in running and crying but then her friends she storms past her friends her friends follow her she starts ripping up the drawings of the quince like a maniac and the way that her friend kind of taunts her here just absolutely sent me she's like they're like what are you doing what's wrong with you they're trying to like rip the drawings out of her hand and she's like my parents are parents of the year and they're like they just keep like yes anding her kind of being like where is the actual problem to explain this stupid white woman antic you're having like she was like in their parents of the year and blah 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 and it's and they're like yes and where's like like they're expecting her to say someone's dead for the way she's acting and she's just acting fucking nuts and then or that her parents have fully abandoned her <laughs> and then she drops the meeting it means they don't care about me they don't love me or whatever the fuck she says there and she says no matter what she does it's never going to be enough. Woof. Woof. Which I really just wanted Brad to just be like, get off your freaking high <laughs> horse. You don't even That's know. That's why I'm saying, that's why it was Brad that was like, yes, and like, where's the problem here, sweetie? Like, relax. Like, like he was not Brad's paying. like, do you know the last time I ate dinner? <laughs> <laughs> do we, do you think... Do you think Brad murdered his parents because of how neglectful they were and just no one has ever noticed? You think he had a little Menendez? He's just so independent. He is a genius. He could probably get away with the perfect crime. Right, and like now he's now he's reached that point, can't really take care of himself anymore. Because like for the first like week after you murder your parents as a child, as we all can assume, mm. you're like riding high, you're eating sugar all the time. Lasagna and cake. Lasagna and cake, Lasagna exactly. Lasagna and cake, that's all lasagna and cake phase after you Menendez. But at a certain point, the bills are going to pile up and you don't have the account numbers for these things. Exactly. You, you just, yeah, he doesn't know his social security you, you number. You can't drive the car to go get food or go to the grocery store. You're living off school lunches and the generosity of your neighbors, I guess. When you just show up at the doorstep being like, hey, can you maybe give me some food? My parents <laughs> didn't make me anything. Right. So I think maybe the whole town thinks they're terrible parents, but they're actually dead in their beds. I, don't, I wouldn't put it past them. I get He's what you're saying. Crazy eyes. All right, all right, all right. He does have crazy eyes. He does have crazy eyes. You're 100% right. But yeah, she just has torn up a bunch of her things. And you'd think her friends would be enough to get her through this, but no, Mr. Blackmere's got to inject himself into the situation. Of course he does. Of course he does. I, I forget exactly what he says to like call her down, but he's like, well, there's a few sketches that we've saved. I'm sure that are safe. I'm, I'm sure we can use those. I don't remember what else he says. Or I do really some more. tuned out I don't when care. this guy walked on screen. I don't care. He was like, you could whip up some more. I was like, um. This woman's having a break. Yeah, exactly. Well, now she says she's not, she's no longer going to the art show because of that. 
Yeah, she's out yeah, on the art he, show. He, that's, that's what she says to him. He's not going to the art show. And he's like, okay, I'll still display your pieces, but it's not going to be cool because, you know, you're not there. She, Is that what you really want? She's like, yes, of course, that's what I really want. So she's at school, and then the school day goes on, and she's sitting where else but art class, the only class she goes to. Oh, also, there is a... They do that we want yep, A's thing again, where they put their report cards in. They're like fifth report card of the film. This is where and, she finally uh, gets an A, but only in art. Yeah, she, get, she got an A in art and is doing overall better and yeah, no C's and I, and I thought that was nice because it's like now that you've like passion yeah now that you have passion you're something you're passionate like your mental state is just better I also liked the idea of the Brad nice. logic behind his argument which was like do it for yourself like you should be doing this for like not just to make your parents happy like he's like it feels good when I succeed and it's not about my parents because my parents are dead that I liked <laughs> that logic of like you should just want to succeed because you want to do well not because of some insane plan or your parents pressuring you but it was also in this report card scene that I realized I was like Brad is a genius is he also getting an A in art because I thought he was like a math and science he's a little Leonardo da Vinci he's a da Vinci he's got he's art (laughs) da Vinci that's TikTok Um, I know what it is he's got art science math he's got it all he's a renaissance man he's a true renaissance man he's going to GW too I don't think we ever mentioned that that oh yeah he wants to go to that magnet school and actually you know killing your parents that's a well of artistic depth that goes on forever I'm sure his paintings are really dark and foreboding fair Mr. B is just like wow Brad you keep turning in the same still life of dead bodies. It almost looks like a, a crime scene. It almost looks like a crime scene. Um, but, but, you know, I'm not going to raise any questions. Uh, but tell me more about your friends. I want to know about those girls. Right. <laughs> and then she's sitting She's sitting in the art class and the principal, I guess, comes up and Mr. B goes to talk to him and he goes up to Jamie and again gets way too close to her freaking face yep. and says, everything's all right, but something has happened. We do a hard cut to her pulling up to the hospital and I say her, he drove her. That is not allowed ever. Yep. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, because this is the first time we see his VW orange bus. Yeah, which is cra- a crazy vehicle. Drives her alone. Drives her alone to the hospital. No <sighs> school would ever do that. No one's here to take her. I guess I guess her <laughs> favorite teacher is going to drive her to the hospital. You know that one that's spending a lot of time with her outside of school hours and giving her a lot of weird motivational talks? Put her in a car alone with him and see how that shakes out. <laughs> Never was this okay. She rushes in and meets up with the parents and they fill her in that it's Adam. He's running a fever. And the baby looks fine. He's, he's rolling back and forth. I told you, Adam's he's doing chill. this for attention, guys. He knows he has to bring the family together somehow and he's like, I'm going to fake a medical emergency. Right. He told the other Quince to hop on top of him and get him really hot <laughs> to get his temperature up. It's like a baby genius yes. level of planning. I just love the idea of all those chubby babies stacked on top of each other rubbing themselves <laughs> together. For I really do too. It's an adorable <laughs> and funny thought. Oh gosh, now I'm thinking of them like, like sneaking into like a movie and a Oh, doing like a trend. <laughs> okay, guys, is it so wrong to say that that's the movie I wanted all along? Like, I wanted just Queen of the Hampton. Well, that movie is just baby geniuses, I think. That yeah. Dumb, I wanted just the boss baby. Uh, that's like, Should I watch the boss baby today? I don't no. think anyone should watch the boss baby ever. But yeah, the baby's sick, and then Albert shows up, and they're like, he's fine. Um, They're just, you know, monitoring and him, And then whatever. Albert floats the idea of replacing Adam with a different decoy baby yeah. so they could still do some gigs that he has lined up. And that was fucking classic. And also kind of smart. No one would notice. That's business thinking. Well, also, he's, also he says, how old are they? And how old is he? And they go, the same age as all of them, Albert. Uh, five, five months or six months? Five. Five. five months. Well, of course it's five. Um, five months old. And I said, 
This been over the course of five months. I thought it was like a calendar year. It felt way longer. I couldn't quite place she it. She got yeah. really good at drawing really fast. I'm gonna say that. Um, That's what I'm saying. Like you need time to hone that crap. Those babies also go from newborn to fucking huge. They're chonks by the yeah, end. Yeah, that always. Oh happens. yeah, they are. Huge. I mean, that always happens in these kinds of movies. Sometimes they have wildly different. But I thought of hair, looking at the babies sense. that they were approaching a year now. I was like, oh, that's they're they're close. They're gonna start walking. Yeah, it, it's believable. They look bigger. Like I, that's why I thought too. Yeah. But before Albert even comes in, Jamie gives oh right this the, is the, her the speech. Yes, yeah, excuse me. just great communication. Just yeah, go ahead, Austin, go off. Expressing how she wants to feel and like literally telling them that like I don't want to follow your plans. I want to do my own thing. And then they, as a as a good parent, are just saying like we just want what's best of you. That's why we try so hard. But she was like, yeah, but you're not listening to me. Like this is what's best for me right now, and like you need to be supportive of that. She also when like in that Quint scene where she mixes them up, she's like, you guys aren't getting to know them, and like you're selling them out and just treating them as Quint. And like we just want what's best for them. And she goes. How do you know what's best for them? And it's supposed to be parallel between her You're and the babies. Right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. This movie, I feel like we were joking about this movie. Genuinely does have layers. No, I, I really <laughs> did think it was deep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the other good heart to heart where I was like, I'm on board with this heart to heart. Yeah, yeah I was on board with that. Really listening. And yeah. it was just, but I did like it because it was one of those heart to hearts where it's like she's right and they're right though. You know what I mean? Like as an older person, yes, I'm like, yes. yeah, yes. they both like were right in their own ways. They just needed to communicate with each other. Where it's like they're not like trying to put pressure on you. They just want to give you a better life and they. Like they are trying yes. to just give make your dreams come true, which is you know that's also not wrong. Nobody's in the wrong here. They just need to communicate. And I love that. I, you know, I feel bad. I want to apologize to the listeners because I feel like they listen to this podcast expecting jokes and goofs. Not big for We've just been doing like a theme breakdown and all of the deep various underlying elements of this movie more than anything it just else. Has so many. It's just there's so much. But they like, fire so the manager. Let's keep going. Yeah, uh, Albert's like, let's get a decoy baby, and they're like, guess what? You're fired. There's no way we would break them up. Um, and the fact that you suggest that is truly detestable to us. We knew you were evil all along, even though he kind of wasn't. He was just kind of, he's kind of slimy. He I was guess. just a manager. I would say he's yeah. doing his job. He's trying to keep that gig book. Yeah. That's his fucking job. Yeah, he's trying to keep them in the papers, which should be hard because the mom runs right. one. So yeah, he's fired. Adam's fine, pretty much. We jump forward to the night of the gala. Parents leave. Uh, the three kids are in charge of watching five newborns. Yeah, five-month-old, five, five, five-month-old babies I left with three 13-year-olds. Let's see how this shakes out. <laughs> this is so weird. This is where yeah, my note is, is I forgot that Don Knotts was showing up. Like, I had forgotten. And I did, too. Moment. So, yeah, they go they go to the governor's mansion or whatever. He's there, and, and they were both there, and Don Knotts walks out, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot Don Knotts was supposed to pop his head in somewhere. They And this is like, God, this is not how you structure a movie. No, it's not. No, it's not. They show up, and he's like, well, where are the quints? And they're like, oh, safe at home, sound asleep, and he's like, well, don't, I'm not gonna do a Don Knotts impression. Uh, don't lie to the governor now. And they're like, we're, we're not goofing with you, sir, they're at home. And he's like, this is terrible. I was supposed to get my photo taken with the quiz and everything. And then Jamie chimes in being like, yeah, you know how my mom's scatterbrained? Well, she missed one little thing, and then it cuts back to the invitation. Which doesn't make any sense. Why would you invite babies to a gala? Because he That's, wants that sweet just photo gonna, op with those sweet, sweet babies. I, I know, but they're just gonna cry and poop a lot. Like, what, what's your plan, Don Knotts? This man isn't making any sense. And he's just surrounded by people that are like, okay, sir, we're going to get you your babies. Like, he's making no sense. That's We can't put I'm gonna to make a, I'm going to make a quick Simpsons reference, which is that there's an episode, of the, the Frank Grimes episode of The Simpsons is like, they show Frank Grimes' story on the TV and Mr. Burns is like, hire that man. And they bring him on and then later he sees another inspirational thing on the TV. He's like, hire that too. And it just feels like that where he just saw there's babies in the news and I want to be a part of this. <laughs> like, because I kid you not, audience, he loves those babies yeah. so, so much. He's like, free. he's not freaking 
freaking out that they're not there because anyone would just be like, oh, that's all right. You know, whatever. But he's like, I just wanted a picture with those sweet little ones. I am doing a Don Knotts impression. Yeah, you now, are really sliding into it and nobody asked you to. That's I can't stop it. I can't, Don Don's spirit is inhabiting me. I mean, I can't hold it in. I've got to get it out. And they're like freaking out being like, well, I'll, I'll send the National Guard for those babies and all that stuff. And then whistles. Yeah. And like, somebody brings him a phone, which I just thought Wildly misusing. But, and he hands him being like, get those babies ready for transport. They're, we're coming for them. And uh, so also flash back to that. Like, oh God, the final act of this movie sucks. <laughs> it's so, so all over the place. Jamie has realized this and they've prepped the babies. They got them all dressed. They got them in their little, what carrier is their term for that? I can't yeah. think of it. Carrier. Yeah, Percy and, they, and who do they call? Their teacher. You know how you call your teacher <laughs> like, to come Mr. B. pick you up in his creepy van and then Jamie, don't give that man your home address. <laughs> and then guess what, guys? His van breaks down. Because that's the kind of person this guy is. And that was also a trap. Thank God they got out of there. I know, that felt like a trap, right? That was a complete sand trap. Tell you what, Zoe, Brad, why don't you walk 10 miles yes. to go How get about help? you two? And, uh, we'll stay here. Me and Jamie will hang back. Yeah, exactly correct. That was his plan. Then they take five babies onto a public bus. They, they get on yep. a bus. And then they get take the bus to a train stop, and then they get on a subway with a, with an ad of the of Quince on yes, the train. Yes, too, yes, yes. Thank you. Was funny. Then they get on the train, and there's like, okay, we made it. We're pulling this off. We're a couple of teenagers making our way in the world. What could go wrong? And then a big group of bikers, scary bikers? Question mark. And I immediately said, okay, where is this going? Do the bikers hate babies? Right. Question. Like, it's not like the baby was crying and like they got pissed off. They just saw three children with five babies and were like, yeah. we gotta get all. They're, they're walking towards them, like, pounding their fist menacingly. I feel like this was some weird reference to, like, Adventures in Babysitting yes. when Yes, like, fight, Austin. Right? It felt like the Adventures in Babysitting, like, the hijinks of getting those kids across the city and then, oh, bikers, oh no, and then, like, actually just JK, they're sweet. Like, very similar energy. Yes. Uh, well, I haven't seen Adventures in Babysitting nor have I seen the Disney Channel version of Adventures oh, right, Babysitting, yeah, um, so I can't speak to that, but it was just weird. And then we cut back to the ball. Don Knotts is still so distraught that he can't, I can't get a picture with those little ones, that's all I wanted. It's, it's good. My, this accent's going, expression's going all over the place. And I even said, we've been talking about Mr. Blackbeard, it's honestly getting kind of creepy how much he wants to, like, hug these babies Thank and you. take a picture with them. It's, it's disturbing to me. And then just, like, the biker's enter carrying all the babies, babies. Right. carry them into the ball and it's never explained why they wanted to help him out like maybe i guess they're just good dudes but i thought it'd be wouldn't it be funny if he was like oh my gosh it's the quince i love the quince like something like I that if they recognize them from the ads yeah, yeah something you because think. they did not drive them on motorcycles from the train stop to the place because they didn't have their oh, their bikes on the train i would have loved to see that like a motorcycle posse with a baby on and it sidecars like, like oh in the sidecar yeah that would have been awesome why yeah. didn't they do that it wasn't in the budget for sure sure that was cut there's something on the cutting room floor with like them the bikers like connecting with them and then realizing yeah. like that got I, I cut mentioned it already time. this movie this movie is a tight hour 20 usually they're like about an hour 30 yeah. I think they definitely cut it down a bit um but yeah the babies just show up the bikers hand them all off and then they're like thanks bikers and the bikers leave with like saying one line they were essentially irrelevant yeah yeah some would say just there is another classic fake out but it's like a real fake out because it actually happens this time yeah it wasn't a dream sequence and then guess where we go the fucking art show yeah she's the, the Don Knotts governor 
cart. It says, my driver will take you wherever you need to go. And she's just like, and so I had to take us all out for ice cream. And then it's a fantasy of them getting, although I did like in this fake out though, that like she's giving the driver ice cream. Like the driver also wanted ice cream, which right. I thought was yeah, funny. But it doesn't yeah, matter because it's a fucking hallucination. We're not even getting ice cream. We're going to the art show. She's but gaslighting so yeah, she, us she, again. They go to the art show and there's a couple of ladies who are like interested in the sketches and she like talks about the two of them and she's just like, ah, oh, an artist. I'm being an artist. I love it. And then her parents show up and are like, we realized as soon as you left that it was the same night as your art show. And of course we knew we wanted to be here as a family. So here's all the Quins. And the governor the came Don too. Comes to. Don Knotts comes to the Don art Knotts show. Don Knotts is like, well, there's only one place the parents of the year should be so we're all gonna go with them okay yeah and okay is the only thing you could say there yeah and they all take so a big photo up and it says grover family and they're on the pa- the cover of the paper again that the mom owns that the mom makes. That the mom <laughs> decides who's on the cover of the paper. And then we find out in the last narration that uh, she did get into the magnet school but didn't want to go there because her high school has a better art program and she really wants to do art now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she applied then. Um, Seems Mr. like a B waste of time. A great recommendation like, oh, letter. Right. Oh, and yeah, she emphasizes great. I'm sure he did, sweetie. I'm sure he did. The dad gets a promotion so they can afford things. The mom's like the baby's agents now. And then they do one last... The movie literally ends on another stupid fantasy fake out. This is the one I felt for. You actually fell for this? Yes! I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh I will say, also, you don't need to feel bad, because if you go on the Wikipedia article, Wikipedia also fell for it, where they say the movie ends with the mom being okay, pregnant with septuplets. Yeah, maybe, like, don't not. make every line in your movie a fucking prank on the audience. Maybe that is <laughs> a good right. answer. Did this movie happen? Was this whole movie a prank, if you think about also, it? Also, when point. she writes the letters at the end, like, made you look, like, they those look like shit. Isn't she supposed to be an artist? That's the... Well, the other thing is, yeah, she She's, she's sketching and then she draws that and like we see the mom get up from the pregnant belly with a pregnant belly and she goes the doctors say it's septuplets and then she's holding the thing up major look and then she puts the notebook down and the mom's right behind where the notebook was why wouldn't when she puts the notebook down the belly's That's back right. to normal Lucas, she was still in the belly that is completely correct I was furious by that I was furious by that the fact they didn't do that but yeah that's, that's Quince it's yeah. Quince I think, I think it's a weird movie but I didn't hate it I thought it was kind of fun no I didn't hate it but I would agree like the parts where we struggled with the notes at the end it just got so really drops off it's not plotted normally it's not doesn't have a normal no. like act one act two act like it, it's a weird because it feels like a one woman show yeah. yeah I guess you're kind of right but I will say saved by the acting of Kimberly J. Brown and the parents Absolutely. are good like in yeah the parents performances were good they're good only damaging performance that fucking art teacher really was in, I really took away from the whole movie for me but the parents were good she and well, was good I'm a don't let's not sugarcoat it. Some of the babies really could have brought more. We know of their what roles, we, I and think. Charlie, you know what Charlie. I mean. We know <laughs> Charlie. What I mean. Charlie, so, get some classes. It's so you annoying when baby. like you're on a set and everybody's working really hard and like somebody comes up to set like so unprepared and like that was Charlie. We could yeah, all I, see ju- that. I just feel like every time they're on screen, they were just laying there waiting for something to happen. Like get invested be in, in be your engaged. role. Be engaged. Even make if you're, me notice you. There's five of you. You gotta separate. Even yourself. if you're in the background, like every chance is a moment to hone your craft. Move, goo, ga. Give us. There something. are no small parts only small actors exactly well guys what would you rate it luke what do you think are the odds that one of the children who played them listens to our podcast now that they're like i hope so and i hope it was charlie i hope you will hear this charlie if you if you, if you, <laughs> if you were a quint please email us we want to have you on <laughs> just oh tell us God. about all the stuff you don't remember because you were a year old what would you rate it luke i mean you know what i gotta rate it five it's a five out of ten i feel like that's the only thing you can rate it it's pretty middle of the I, which i think honestly works because it's got some stuff that really works and i some would does it. Lucas, it's a five. I would rate it a 5.5. Oh, you got me there. The double the fives. I yeah. was actually thinking a 5.5 as well. I might even be 
generous enough to give it a six. Dang. So like when this came out on your birthday, was this, yeah. was it, you were really into it? So was this like a birthday thing? No, no, for you? I was disappointed. Oh, disappointed. Excuse because, me. <laughs> because at the time, I I think the themes of this were a little more adults to, or or older teenager to understand, and I was like. I don't know, 2000, so I was six at the time. So mm. I was not very excited to see a bunch of babies on screen. I was like, I want it to be Kim Possible. Mm. Fair. It can't all be Kim Possible. No. But it holds up well. It holds up well. It feels, honestly, I, this is my final theory. I think the whole movie was Adam's fever dream. Mm. Oh, when he was in like the hospital. Dream. It's like a David, we could have gone back into his mind. Oh. It's like that Rugrats theory where everyone thinks all the Rugrats are dead. And it's yes. just Angelica's in mind. This all so happened in Adam's yeah. fever dream. I agree. Do, do we have any tag we want to throw out? Birth control. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. We didn't talk about that. Birth control, and also call the police. If a teacher speaks to you that way, call the police. Yes, one hundred. Yeah, I would. I would even say just, just tell someone. Tell someone. I don't tell trust anyone at that tell school. People. Don't trust. Don't tell. Make no, a call no. out post on the internet. No, no, no. Not on, not at that school. They hired him and they're protecting him. Get, get an outsider to help. The police, the fire department. Should she have gone to the magnet school? Maybe. Get uh, maybe, away from that man. Maybe. Because what they just said that this, their, their school has a better art program. It's not that the high school didn't have an art program. Sure. She maybe should have gone to the magnet school. Yeah. But yeah, I think that'll do it for us this month. Austin, where can people find you on the internet? You guys can find me pretty much on Instagram, Ostio, that is A-U-S-T-Y underscore O-H. And I would say that's primarily where you can see me, or you can check out my IMDb page. Yes, if you need someone to do an incredible acting job, Austin here. He does more than adult diapers, folks. He does more. He's got range. (laughs) Yes. If you need someone to be the sponsor of your diaper company, Mm -hmm. Austin, he's he's your man. Um, You can find me online at Wildfire underscore King. That's my Twitter. Find my Patreon at patreon.com slash Lucas Tyler. Thank you so much to everybody supporting me there. Emma, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Emma Stone Tyler on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can find us on Twitter at Decomedy Podcast. Give us a follow there. Become a loyal Decomrade so you can see when episodes and what are coming up. If you were on there, you would have seen that this was going to be a quits episode much before it came out. But here we are. Um, and if you could, just leave us a little rate and review on the old iTunes or Google Play or whatever lets us lets you rate and review us. It really, really helps out a lot. Like, so much. Like when you, Especially also when you tweet out about the show and tell everybody how fun it is. We really, really appreciate it. It's so nice of you. Also, you should check out all the great shows on audioentropy.com. There's going to be one you like. I guarantee it. I think that'll do it for us. Emma, what movie are we watching next month? Next month, we are going to watch a movie that I've never seen. It's a newer one. I wanted to kick it to something new-ish, 2015. We're going to watch Invisible Sister. That sounds bad. All I know is that it's <laughs> starring the girl from Girl Meets World. And it's about a student who turns her older sister invisible due to a failed science project. So a kind of weird science element, which I, I, I'm interested to watch. Some magical I realism. I maintain that sounds bad. Great. <laughs> but okay. Good, here we go. But you know what? We did for, We did basically forget to do Modern Movie May. So I guess Modern Movie June, whatever. Um, all right, guys. I think that's going to do it for us. Everybody, I hope you have a great month. Stay safe out there. Austin, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you both so much Austin. for having me. had a great time having you. Yeah, thanks. I love you. You were an iconic <laughs> guest. I love you too, buddy. An iconic guest. Oh, that's like the moment where you're like hanging up on like a friend's mom and you're like, okay, love you, bye. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Um, but we will catch you in June with Invisible Sister. So see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. DCOMs forever.
Debbie. To Debbie. To Debbie. Eddie. You're gonna need this. Thanks. I think you're gonna need these more. Thanks. <laughs> this is so amazing. No, it's more than amazing. It's, um, uh, I don't know. It's, um... It's Quince. 